With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The envelopes, please, Mr. Holcroft. May we hear the sound of the envelope tearing, please? Uh, you open it, Doris. All right. The winner is... And the winner is... And the Oscar goes to... The Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... Well, good evening, everybody. Yes, Oscar intro. It is the Oscar prediction special, the 91st annual Oscar prediction special. You know, every time we label it that way, I had like somebody say, you've been doing this show for 91 years. That's pretty amazing. And yes, we have. It's that great of a show. But uh, good evening, everyone. It is Thursday night, February 21st, 2019. We are live on the air here on Blog Talk Radio. The telephone number for the show is 215-383-3710, although I doubt we'll have any time to get to your calls tonight because we just, we just have way too much to do. Um, and to get this done at the top of the show, today's sponsor is Audible.com, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at www.audibletrial.com slash Oscar Oscar. And maybe you can get me a little bit of revenue if you go use that special URL. Anyway, we are here tonight. And in keeping with sort of this tradition lately that we've had where one of our our predictors cannot make the show. Last year it was me. I was working with John Travolta and I got <laughs> caught. <laughs> so I came in at like the tail end and I think I got to do like four awards last year. So I'm very glad oh, to be man. back. I know. And that voice you hear, that of course is Mark Johnson. How you doing, Mark? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, man. Can't yeah. believe it's already time to do this again. Yeah, flew by, as it always does. It does, it does. And we have Jamie Duvall. Jamie, how you doing, man? Hey there. It's a pleasure to be with you tonight. It is not only a pleasure, it is an obligation. <laughs> yes, yes, it, it is. I'm, I'm glad to know that you view it that way, Jamie. That warms my heart. <laughs> now, the one that is missing tonight, we usually have Chelsea. Uh, she could not make it tonight for the show, so... I think she's purposely doing that because we'd have to keep that tradition up or something, but she's got a lot going on, so uh, couldn't make it tonight. So it's going to be a, a panel of four. Garney is uh, coming from rehearsal, uh, as he usually does on Monday night. Um, oh, wait, it's not Monday night. That's right. It's Thursday night. So I don't know. But anyway, he has a rehearsal. You know how he always stays busy. So, But he will be uh, arriving in here to the show. But we do have his opening medley. Now, you know, this has been such an interesting – Oscars season, and I'm sure during the show we'll talk about some of the craziness this year with the Oscars. Um, yeah, yeah, I know it's been 
<laughs> like even in this last week, you know, they decided they were going to, you know, take four categories and put them during the commercials. And then the outcry came and they decided not to do it. So, so who knows what kind of Oscar show we're going to get. So I guess it, it's only fitting that it should now spill into our show as well. So Garney usually opens our show with a medley of the best picture nominees. Um, but he didn't have enough time to put it all together. So he decided to put them all to one song and fittingly it's to Bohemian Rhapsody. So the Oscar show, you know, they're going to have Queen performing live. They do not have Garney Johnson. So, so let's begin our show as we usually do. Garney still hit it out of the park. He did a good job. It's a lot shorter than his usual medley, but I think you're still going to enjoy this. So opening our show this year with a medley, uh, paying tribute. Hey, and look who arrives. Garney just in time. He might want to preview this. Garney, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I just walked out of rehearsal, and I'm going to put my phone on mute as I drive home to participate in the rest of the podcast. Uh, I, I recorded this song over the last two nights between the hours of 11 p.m. and 2 a.m. So I settled for a lot of harmonies that were just good enough. Enjoy! <laughs> you always sell your medley very well, I'm telling you. Like, you get people so excited with, for this. I mean, <laughs> All right, so as Garney drives and gets gets home, let's start our show with this year's Tribute to the Best Picture nominees by Garney Johnson. Hang on. There we go. Six based on real life, the other two fantasy. It won't be a landslide for whichever claims victory. Open your ears, cause you're gonna hear me sing. It's not a medley, I'll do it in just one song. Share all my slanted takes between the instrumental breaks. Here are the eight nominees that could win that picture Dick Cheney, he shot a man while he served as our VP, usurped all authority. Christian Bale credits the devil as inspiration for his portrayal. Alfonso Cuarón está seguro de ganar para este obra maestra del cine. Rome, ooh, ooh, ooh. Ten nominations. Alfonso Cuarón is sure to win for this masterpiece of cinema. The favorite, also up for ten. And it's probably first in line for its production design and costumes. Oh, so fabulous! Hands down the best queen movie of the year. Emma 
be employed here by you as something. I'm something film about a black man in the Klan. Plus by Lee and George Peel, starring the son of Denzel Washington, Charles Stillman Ferguson, and the guy who plays Kylo Ren. Controversy and racism. All the power to all people. And Wakanda forever. Like the Wakandan artifact in a museum. He steals the artifact radium. Not quite the same thing as unobtainium. Black Panther, black transmen can either of them win. Oscars go black for total inclusion. Inclusion. Get left back like straight out of Compton. Exclusion. It's so whack for Billy Crystal in. Host again. Or go with Kevin. Pineapple. Don't let Glenn Close win. Cause the white song. He does not deserve to win. Mahasherla, Mahasherla, Mahasherla. And we go. The Academy might give best picture to Green Book. Green Book. Green Book. You never win with violence. Always. So you think Lady Gaga can win for acting? When Judy Garland and Barbara love for the same thing? I'm sorry, boy. Sorry, but that story's born. It just doesn't belong. It went best song and nothing else. I think you might be a song, right? Don't worry, I won't kill anybody. So I'm not very good at keeping it easy. Bloody right I am. We're all legends. Because that movie kind of blows. <laughs> Very nice, Garney. Well done this year. Yeah, it, it could have been better, but... That's what you get in 48 it perfect, hours. It was a perfect song to choose because yeah. that song actually... The arrangement, it's almost like five or six different songs since it changes right. so That's much. True. Yeah, so it's, it's perfect. sort of the ballad of Garney Sucks. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I mean, the ballad of Garney Shrugs. That's what I should call it. The ballad of Garney Shrugs. <laughs> Here you go. I love that, like, it, but it seems like, like, even when Jamie did the uh, opening medley, it's like, you guys are so down on yourselves with these medleys, and you guys do such a good job. Imagine if Mark or me tried it. Oh, God, no. No, no. Oh, that's what's gonna happen next year. We just got a compliment from Jason. I quit. Can you, I can't believe it. Yeah, Jamie, I compliment you all the time. What are you talking about? Oh, please. <laughs> and I, I I'm do a masochist. That's the only reason why I come on your show, Jason. Is it okay? Well, whatever keeps you coming on the show, that's all I care about. 
Mm. All right, so we got the medley out of the way. It, so before we get started, does anybody have anything to say, like, about this Oscar season or anything, you know, just in general? Let me just say, should, this year feels yeah. more uh, – it feels more unpredictable the, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in, in more categories than it has in recent years. And, um, and, and also, it, it kind of parallels the ability of – what the hell are they doing? <laughs> is it just me, or yeah. has every single decision that John Bailey has made has been revo- revoked? Whether it's yes. whether it's Kevin Hart yes. most po- most popular film, uh, cut out four of the awards, uh, only sing two of the best song nominees. Like he can't make a decision without it being revoked. I don't know. Well, yeah, it just shows that they've been so unsure of themselves. You know, like I read a good article that said, are the Oscars afraid to be the Oscars? And that's really what it's like. You know, like yeah. they're, they're afraid, like just put on the show. And it's all for this whole ratings thing, this whole thing that says, if we go over yeah. three hours, the ratings start to drop, you know. Yeah. And it's like when, 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 they're con- when their contract ends, they should go to Netflix, where the Oscars yeah. can be the Oscars <laughs> and they'll get a bigger audience. Yeah, you're right. And that's what's yeah, funny. What's funny about the ratings thing, though, is they're they're the highest rated awards show. And I think I read something about they're the second highest rated show behind the Super Bowl or something like that. So, but they're not. I don't know what they, they've been. What's that? They've been steadily declining for the past five or six years. The the yeah. Grammys did did more numbers than the Oscars in the past few years. Uh, this this year's Grammys or whatever that happened. Are you sure? Okay. Yeah, because the Grammys did like the Grammys did thirty-two million, and the last Oscars did something like twenty-five or twenty-six. Okay. But again, like if you look back at the history of the Oscars, like it's usually ratings have to do with like what films are nominated. You know, you go back to like when Titanic was heavily nominated and was going to win huge ratings, and that show almost went four hours. You know, and it's and it's like this year I think they would have had like the audience anyway because you do have more popular favorites. You've got Bohemian Rhapsody, the the biggest box office drama ever, I think I read. Um, you got a Star is Born, which did really well. You got Black Panther, obviously. So I think it's always the biggest thing about the ratings is just always what movies are nominated. You know, if if it's one like last year where there weren't as many movies that people have seen, they don't want to watch because they're not as invested in it. So so God, uh, like this has been I, such I, like a yeah, go ahead. I don't think you're ever going to see you're never going to see the Titanic numbers again, because I oh, just yeah. think we're different. We're different culture than that now. Uh, I, I just feel like we're more cynical, and we equate movies with divisions and politics uh, more than we did back then. I, I just don't think there's any way to get a wide swath of America to tune into your Oscars, no matter who is nominated. And also with DVR now, who wants to actually watch the broadcast and you can wait till the next day, you know, and stream it, <laughs> fast forward through whatever you don't want. I mean, I yeah. end up going to an Oscar party and not watching the Oscars because I'm being social. <laughs> and then the next day, I just put it on in the background and sort of catch up what I missed out on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Which would have been unheard of if I told myself that as a child, you know, and a teenager, <laughs> like all excited to watch the Oscars every year. Yeah, I mean, for me, it, it it really depends on how much cleavage is on display. I mean, I, I'll sit for four hours if I need to. <laughs> if there's enough cleavage, like you could go four hours and you're fine, right, Jamie? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, not in real life. I can't go four hours with, with cleavage <laughs> then, but during the telecast, I can. <clears throat> okay. Thank, <laughs> thank you for that. I appreciate it. Okay. Well, we want to keep our show in at three hours, so you know, we we don't we'd hate to go over four hours, so we better get started. So I figured we'd start with maybe the easiest category to predict this year, or one of two that I could probably say are the two easiest to predict. So let's get right away started with the best supporting actor category. For the best performance by an actor in a supporting role, the nominees are Mahershala Ali in Green Book. And where are you in here with me who did nothing? Yet I'm the one who pays the price. I'm the one who's going to miss the Birmingham show. Hey, I'm going to lose a lot of money, too, if you don't play Birmingham. So that little temper tantrum, was it worth it? You never win with violence, Tony. You only win when you maintain your dignity. Dignity always prevails. Adam Driver in Black Klansman. Take a seat. What is this? Is this your Jew den? Is this where you make your candles? You know, and your lampshade? You're going to take this lie detector test. Open the damn door. This is some lame bullshit. Lame or not, you're taking this June lie detector test. Sit down. Okay, Felix. Out of respect for this organization, I'll play along with your little get smart bullshit, but I'm no fucking Jew. Sam Elliott in A Star is Born. I told you I can't wear those things, but I wear them. It's just in my head and I need to be here with everybody else. How the, the fuck doctor am I gonna... said it's the only way to manage this thing, Jack. You're not going to get back what you lost. It's the only way we can manage what you still got. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think we're managing pretty good. What do you want me to do? You know, the door's wide open if you want to go. Don't start that. Show a little pride in what you're doing, buddy. Richard E. Grant in Can You Ever Forgive Me? You're friends with um, Julia. Steinberg. Yeah. She's not an agent anymore. She died. She did? Jesus, that's young. Maybe she didn't die. Maybe she just moved back to the suburbs. I was confused there, too. That's right. She got married and had twins. Better to have died. Indeed. I've just come from having my teeth bleached. How do they look? Why would you do that? Oh, teeth are a dead giveaway. Sam Rockwell in Vice. I wanted to just, you know, find his innocence and accentuate his charm a little, you know? And that's all I could kind of grasp onto because it's been done pretty, pretty amazingly by other actors. So I didn't, you know, it's a hard act to follow, but I couldn't help myself. It was, it was like I had to try it out. All right, Garney. Well, why don't you get us started in this incredibly tough category to predict? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I want to say that there's going to be a surprise in one of the acting categories and it's usually going to be in supporting, but I, I'm not betting against Mahershala in this one. As much as I'd like to see Richard E. Grant win, because I think he gave the best performance out of this group or out of any supporting actor this year, I'm, my prediction is still Mahershala Ali. Yeah. What do you think, Jamie? For me, this category isn't a sure thing, because I think you can take Adam Driver and, yeah, you can take Adam Driver and Sam Rockwell out. And I do think it's a potential three-way race between the uh, the other three actors my favorite is sam elliott so i've been going with sam elliott this whole time but if you think about a person that has displayed the the most post-nomination glow the most enthusiasm it's been richard e grant so will that play on oscar voters uh 
desire to see somebody truly excited about getting an Oscar, you know, it would be a really great moment, I'm sure. But then oh. Mahershala is undeniable, and he's been winning a lot himself. So I'm conflicted on what to go for in this category, so I'll just stick to my favorite, which is Sam Elliott. Oh. Okay, Jamie, look at that, right out of the gate, going with the bold choice. Mark, how about you? Yeah, I, I kind of agree with Jamie that this is somewhat tough. I mean, there's the <clears throat> Mahershala Ali is kind of hard to pick against, but Richard E. Grant has just had, like, the greatest – uh, campaign, I guess you'd call it, just by being the most likable dude on Twitter of all time. Um, so <laughs> it's hard to pick against Richard E. Grant, but it's really hard to pick Dali for me. So, and I think yeah. I think Jamie's not too far off with Elliot having a shot, just because of like a career win, and he's great in the movie. So yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going with Ali, but it's you know it's, I'm not as confident I think as as others maybe. Oh great! So the, one of the one categories that I was actually feeling good about. Now you guys planted <laughs> doubt for. Well, like I agree with you. Like it's been such a joy to like follow Richard E. Grant through this Oscar season. You know, someone who has just had a ball that is really like enjoying every single minute of it. So I mean, God, yeah, to to have him actually win would be incredibly cool. Um, I personally would love to see Sam Elliott win. I I think that would I'd be happy with Sam Elliott or Richard E. Grant, which I think both of them deserve it more than Mahershala Ali. I think the performances are better. Um, so you know, because I haven't been the biggest fan of Green Book, but but yeah, I, I got to go with the safe choice on this. Like uh, he's been winning everything. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, it's, so it's 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 like you said, Mark. It's hard to bet against him for to win this one. So I would love to see Sam win. Yeah. Even if that means Jamie. Doesn't There's also something to be said that it's the it's the performance that's most like a lead. Yeah. Out of the yeah. five. That's right. Yeah. The thing that, that the thing that could get in Ali's way is that he has more, he's recently won an Oscar, and I think some of the ones that he won, BAFTA and I think SAG, I don't think he won those on his way to winning for Moonlight. I, I can't remember what he, he – there were one or two that he didn't win. So you never mm-hmm. know. That's, this one's – if it weren't for the fact that he won recently, I would feel, I think, more confident. But just getting two within three years is hard to do. But yeah, who yeah. Christoph Waltz? <laughs> Waltz was the last one to do it, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, let's move on to costume design. And Jamie, you're going to read our nominees for us in this one. Am I? You know, I got a pro- I, I I got a problem in that I, I have no attachment on here for the spreadsheet that you sent. I, so, but okay. Oh, look, I, I'm, I'm incredibly organized. No attachment. And <clears> you know, of course you are. And I, love, and I love that you mention it now. Like, not like <laughs> earlier today. Like you could have said, "Hey, man." No, no, no. I, I don't. I don't think it matters what you send me. I have. I have this iPad and attachments and stuff. I can't upload them. I. I can't. I, I don't know how to work this Apple thing. Anyway, <laughs> costume oh, design. Yeah. I I can't okay, well, tell. You. Okay, here we go. Okay, I'll so I got them. I got you. Oh, you got. I, I got them. Okay. This there are other places day. where the nominations are listed. I mean, I, I can look those up. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, best yeah. costume design. Uh, the nominees are the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. There's no name given here on the Oscar website. Uh, yes. Black Panther from uh, Ruth Carter. The favorite yes. from. A frequent favorite, Sandy Powell. Uh, Sandy Powell is also nominated for Mary Poppins Returns and Alexandra Byrne for Mary Queen of Scots. 
All right, Jamie. So what are you, you predicting to... in this category? Oh. Yeah, you get to You know what? Card. I'm going to go I, I'm going to go with um I've been leaning towards the favorite this whole Oscar season, but uh uh in this category, but I'm going to go with Black Panther actually. I think. Hmm. I think Black Pan- Black Panther's going to win the some of these below the line awards and I think costume design is one of them. And I think they had didn't they have a costume designers award ceremony last week from the yeah. guild? Yeah, the mm-hmm. guild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both favorite and Mary Poppins. I mean, sorry, both favorite and Black Panther one. Yep. Well, that doesn't help my case at all. But uh <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with Black Panther. <laughs> nice. All right, Mark, what do you think? Uh, I went with the favorite, just a traditional costume piece, period, drama. So, Yeah, I really struggled on this one, too, because, like, this is one of the ones I changed this morning because I had the favorite this entire time, too. And, and you know, that, that seems to be, like, the safer choice. It seems to be the, the costume, period, dramas end up winning. But I'm, I'm with yeah. Jamie. Like, I, I, I feel like Black Panther is going to win something. You know, like, I don't feel it's going to go away empty-handed. And I was struggling between maybe production design or costume design, but I just think those costumes in Black Panther, I was just watching them again today. They're extraordinarily beautiful. Um, so, yeah, I got to go with uh, Black Panther for this one. Darnie, what do you think? Yeah, this was another tough one. It's definitely Black Panther versus a favorite. And this is, uh, didn't Ruth Carter get nominated for Selma before in this category? Mm-hmm. I, I, I know I that I've seen her name on here before, and I don't think she's won. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. And I, so I think that there's, given that it's not her first time being on here, that's something. And also, are there going to be people who are going to vote for Mary Queen of Scots who would also vote for the favorite? Since either, uh, mm-hmm. Are they going to cancel each other out? But with Sandy Powell being nominated twice, um, I think that's another root in favor where they're going to want to acknowledge her again. And uh, I stuck mm-hmm. with the favorite. It definitely has the most costumes. And she's very, I, read about how innovative she was with using like denim for like the, uh, for yeah. a lot of the costumes for how it appeared. And so the people that are, you know, costume geeky, I think they're going to want to see Sandy Powell win again. Yeah. So, I mean, the Duke, the Dukes of hazard had a lot of denim in it too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I looked up, I looked up uh, Ruth Carter. She's been nominated for Malcolm X and Amistad before black Panther. Oh. So this is her nice. third nomination. Look at that. Right away oh. with the stats, Mark. Oh, I didn't know that one. I had to look it up. Oh, yeah. don't tell people. Wow, that, that. that last time, though, that was 11 years ago. Amistad. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, 21 years ago. Right. Amistad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe, or it just 2000. There's, a, there's another decade and that the, I slept. The, the, the irony is, the irony <laughs> yeah, is that... The all those all those slaves were naked, so I don't, there wasn't much to do there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So we have a split decision there. Two of us going for the favorite, two for Black Panther. All right. So let's go to the next category. Oh, this is me. Okay. Best makeup and hairstyling. And the three nominees for this are Border, Goran Ludstrom, and Pamela Goldammer. Mary Queen of Scots, Jenny Shikor, Mark Pilcher, and Jessica Brooks, and Vice, Greg Canham, Kate Bisco, and Patricia Dehaney. Well, thankfully, this is one that I think is a 
pretty easy prediction. This has got to be Vice. I mean, you just look at the work. You could see it in the trailer, the work that um, was done to turn Christian Bale into Dick Cheney, um, that this this has clearly got to win. Um, and I, I hadn't even heard of Border, you know, before the Oscars. So, um, and Mary Queen of Scots, kind of a strange one in here. I don't know. But, yeah, Vice, I think this is an easy one for. Garney, what do you think? Yeah, I think this is definitely going to Vice. I think that if Black Panther had been in this category, there would be more of a race. I was I was mm-hmm. always expecting Mary Queen of Scots to get nominated just for um, what they did with with their hair, and then also all her white makeup that they put on um, uh, the girl from Itania. I can't remember her name. Not Saoirse. Oh, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. The but I was surprised that they didn't go with uh, Black Panther or Stan and Ollie since they love hmm. turning people fat. There's makeup. There's another Those one. were both on the short Stan, list. And, Stan and Ollie. It's so weird that there are only three nominees here where uh, I would have thought something like Stan and Ollie and uh, Bohemian Rhapsody would get in here too. Uh, yeah. Their makeup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, those were the other, uh, the other three, and I'm trying to remember what they – because there were seven on the short list. I think the other one was Suspiria, maybe. That's right, Suspiria. Oh, yeah. Another great, what they did with Tilda yeah. Swinton in that. And that's, usually you put make up on Tilda Swinton, you end up winning this category. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. But it's it, it's vice. Um, and not just for Christian Bale. I mean, what they did with Amy Adams and Steve Carell. Oh, yeah. Uh, watching them age, it was just mm-hmm. phenomenal. Yeah, it was great work. Jamie, what thank you? I think Vice as well, but it's interesting how Border got in. I know, I know the Border has some really transformative makeup in it, um, mm-hmm. and it's, tell, it's telling that that made the top three choices for this category. Like maybe it's got a lot of fans on its side. I'm, I'm among that community, but uh, I think Vice is a safe choice. Am I the only one who saw Border? Did, did you see no, Border, I saw, Mark? I saw Border as well. Yeah, I think I, I saw there are a lot of fans. I, I saw they're they're building a wall around it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered if there was going to be some wall joke coming. <laughs> yeah, Mark, what do you think? There's a lot of there's a lot of fans for Border. I, I I think if there were enough to push it over here, we would have seen it show up in foreign language since it was the official entry. But um, I also have Vice, so clean sweep there. Yeah. So first category, we're all in agreement. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to the sound categories, the ones that usually people have difficulty uh, figuring out the difference between. Um, and these are some difficult ones to predict this year, too, I think. So let's listen to some of the soundscapes this year and the nominees for sound mixing. For the best achievement in sound mixing, Black Panther. <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. Jesus, how many more Galileos do you want? First man. Five, four, three, two. Roma. A star is born. Good evening. Mark, get us started in sound mixing. What do you think? Um, 
I went with Bohemian Rhapsody. It uh, took the BAFTA and the uh, CAS award from the Guild, so it's hard to bet against it when it gets both of those things. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I also went Bohemian Rhapsody, also for the reasons you said, and also because you know it does seem like music films do tend to win yeah. in sound mixing. Uh, the one thing I want to say, like, I hate that because I I doubt any of you are predicting Roma in both these categories. I hate that like somehow that's being left out of the sound discussion because that the sound work in Roma is incredible. I mean, just as much as like the cinematography is too. But but yeah, I, I feel like this is going to Bohemian Rhapsody. Garney, what do you think? Yeah, I second what you say about Roma not getting its due here, but um, I'm I'm gonna go with First Man here. I wish there was a war film that I could predict to win, uh, only because I think that Star Is Born and Bohemian Rhapsody might cancel each other out, and that first that'll make way for First Man to to be victorious in this category. And I would like to see First Man win something, and uh-huh. it's gonna be in something with you know, uh, effects involved. But I'll go sex involved? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I know the sound sound effects editing is the other thing. I mean, it's going to be either this or one of the effects categories. And I think this is is where I decided to put in a prediction for First Man. Okay, bold choice. Jamie, how about you? I am going to break from all of you, and I am going to predict... uh, a Star is Born, because really? um, more than Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, I mean, this is like my own personal like. So I, I was I was kind of flabbergasted by A Star is Born because that, that movie, more than any musical I've seen of its kind, really made me feel like I was on stage with them. It felt like the sound, the sound projected a, a live concert feel better than any other movie I've seen. Um, now, I, I, I haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody, but I understand the Live Aid is the, the one sequence that might come close to that. But, uh, yeah. uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'm going to be adventurous this show. I told myself that I'm going to go outside my comfort zone. I agree, Bohemian Rhapsody is probably close to a sure thing, but I'll predict an upset. Stars born. Look at you, Jamie. I'm very proud of you, Jamie. So that's another compliment I just gave you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Normally you would say, "You fucking idiot! What are you? What are you choosing that movie for?" <laughs> no, I'm I'm saving that for like if you really do screw up a category. So. Oh, right. <laughs> that might I'm sure better. that's 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 going to come. Yes. <laughs> All right. So kind of split votes there. Two for Bohemian Rhapsody, a First Man, and a Bold Star is Born pick. So. Now to the category. This is another category that I changed uh, this morning. Let's hear the soundscapes nominated for sound editing. For the best achievement in sound editing, Black Panther. Bohemian Rhapsody. Imagine thousands of people doing this in unison. First man. The eagle has landed. Roger, Tranquility, we copy on the ground. A quiet place. Roma. 
right, Garney, what do you think is going to win editing? Well, I was going to say that in that last category, I kind of see, I kind of see Jamie's point for Star is Born, because if there's going to be a split, since I'm going with Quiet Place here, I was tempted to pick Star is Born, since those are the two that are, you know, one of these things are not like the other, and that the other four are dominated across the board. And it's not that common for the sound categories to be split. But I think in this case, with Quiet Place having its only nomination in this category and being such a beloved film and sound being at the root of what made mm-hmm. it chilling, I mean, yeah. Quiet is in the title. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I think this yeah. Quiet Place is a word to win. All right, Jamie, what do you think? I completely agree. I think I think Quiet Place is the one it's a unique nominee because the plot of the film is sound essentially mm-hmm. uh it is it is so uniquely designed to to have you know like the paranormal activity movies the way they were designed you're just waiting for something to happen because it's a static camera the whole time so you're examining every inch of the frame and it's similar with a quiet place and you, but you do it with your ears because you're just mm-hmm. you're just you're so attuned to it, waiting for the slightest little sound that will give them away. Uh, I think it's an extraordinary accomplishment and a really unusual one that can't mm-hmm. be ignored. That's well said, Jamie. Very good. My God, my, uh, my, you're flowering <laughs> me with praise. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I got yeah, to give you your due, man. Jason, I'm, I'm getting hard over here. No, okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> did, did Jamie just go through a breakup or something and we're, like, trying to make a feel good? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm, man, Jamie, I just – I mean, you almost made me hard with that description. I mean, it was like, man, that was really good. Okay, Mark, what do you think? I hope you can do as well as Jamie. <laughs> I can't. So I'll just keep it short okay. and say I'm very sad. I'm very sad I'm not picking First Man in either one of these because I, I think the design on First Man is some of the best sound work I've maybe ever heard. And that was kind of my reaction when I first saw it in Telluride. And I can't believe I'm not taking it on either one. I, I went with Bohemian Rhapsody on both. Ah, you did. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, this, like I said, this is the one I changed, another one I changed this morning because I – I thought Bohemian Rhapsody would win both sound awards. I just kind of thought, but then I, I started to really think about A Quiet Place and thinking that, yeah, this is a film all about sound, and this is the one place that it can be honored. So I did switch it to A Quiet Place, and now I feel even better, Jamie, that, that I did that, you know, after you said that. <laughs> <laughs> now I can It'll go to First Man. Watch it, watch it go to First Man. Oh, I hope I know. So. I hope so. <laughs> well, See, I had initially had First Man in both. I was thinking that First yeah. Man would win both, but then I had to switch to Quiet Place. Mm-hmm. All right. So we got the sound categories done. Let's go to foreign language film, and this is Jamie again that gets to read some nominees. Mm. Do you have those in front of you? All right, let me. Yeah, let me find it. <clears throat> okay, foreign language film. Capernaum from Lebanon, Cold War from Poland, Never Look Away from Germany, Roma from Mexico, and Shoplifters from Japan. I will tell you, when this category's winner is announced, 
that might give us a big ass clue as to what will win best pick. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> because yeah, if they had, if they had this to Cold War, you'll ha- you have to think, huh? Well, uh, <laughs> best picture might be Roma. Um, <clears throat> I do yeah. think it's I do think it's a race between Cold War and Roma. Uh-huh. I think the safe I think the safe bet is Roma. Is that what you're going with, James? Yeah, yeah, I'll go with the safe bet in this one. Okay, not going to be bold. All right, Mark, how about you? Not, not in this one. Yeah, this oh, okay. this to me, there's two awards that seem like the easiest picks of the night, and this this is one of them. So I'll I'll also go Roma. Yeah, see, I I wondered about that same thing, Jamie, that you talked about. Like, if if they were going to give <clears throat> Roma best picture, would they? you know, also down the ballot then say, well, I don't want to give it two awards, you know, but I just, I don't know if they think like that, you know, like I don't, it's so hard to tell with, because we've never really had, this is the first time we've really had a foreign language film that really has a serious shot at winning Best Picture. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think either way, mm-hmm. I think there's so much love for Roma that I think it's going to win here for sure anyway, um, no matter if it does win Best Picture. So yeah, I, I, I'm going I for think, Roma. I think if it, but conversely, I think if it wins best foreign film, it won't win best film. Look, the, really? it'll it'll clue them if they win this category, it'll clue them in. Well, I guess we're not winning best film. And here's another point: they okay. they have there has there has been have been rock solid, hundred yeah. percent. This movie's going to get it in this category, and they've gone oh, a yeah. completely different direction. We have been shocked uh-huh. by this category in the past. Yeah, you're right. We have, right. we have, but I don't know that um, we've had one like this where it's up for the most Oscars with the favorite. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Roma was the critical darling. Like Pan's Labyrinth and um, what was another? There were two. Uh, White Ribbon, I think, was one that lost to Secret in Their Eyes. There have been a couple of times where you're right, where the favorite loses, but never were they up for picture and director and actor. No, 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 no. The, the favorite isn't nominated in this category. That's those are other categories. <laughs> no, no, I know, but I'm, I'm saying yeah, I, I just don't see. I don't see any way Roma loses here. I do. I do yeah. see where it could win here and not picture because you got to remember best pictures with the preferential ballot, whereas foreign language is not. Yeah. So it mm. works a little different, but I, 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 I just can't I'm, see them I'm with you, going a different way. I, I chose I chose Roma too. Come on, you, you can praise me too, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Garney, what do you think? Yeah, there's no way that Roma is losing this. I mean, yeah. you think back to like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and Life is Beautiful. Um, those are the two that the most yeah. emulated in this situation. Because you have all those people that aren't going to vote for Roma in Best Picture will definitely vote for it in Best Foreign Language Film. And the people that are voting for Roma for Best Picture are because they love it that much that they're putting it at the top, mm-hmm. that they want to see it win these awards because the fans right. of Roma are just ardent fans. So I just – and I don't yeah. think that enough people watched Cold War and Never Look Away and Shoplifters. And I, I was expecting Capernaum to be the one left out to – leave room for um, border. So, but no, it's, it's Roma. But, but let me ask you this, Mark. I mean, do you, if yep. it was not Roma, do you, do you agree with me that Cold War would be second place? I think no question. I, I think the fact that it's up yeah. for director, I think the fact oh, that yeah. it's up for director alone means a lot of people did see it. You know, I don't think you get, you know, a lone director award out of that. 
without there being some major love for the film, plus cinematography nomination. Um, but you have to remember, too, the the Academy did expand a lot internationally as well, which is part of why you see things like Cold War show up in director or Never Look Away and Cold War and Roma, three out of five for cinematography. And yeah. That's, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, you know, we're seeing th- we're seeing things we haven't seen before, you know, with the nominees. So it's kind of interesting. And yeah. uh, you know, there there are there is this, this I would think probably a significant subsection of people in the industry that don't like probably older generation or maybe that don't like plotless movies, and Roma feels mm-hmm. like a plotless movie. Well, that's, I mean, that's yeah, been part of the criticism that I have heard. I mean, there there have been Academy members that have been saying that it is like a bore fest, you know. Like, so, I mean, there are Academy members that have been vocal about that. I love it, personally. It, I think it's a masterpiece. I do, too. Work. It's my favorite film of the year, so. But we'll get, we'll get to, we have a lot more Roma discussion to be had. So, let's get to the category of Best Animated Feature Film. For the best animated feature film of the year, the nominees are Incredibles 2. You know it's crazy, right? To help my family, I gotta leave it. To fix the law, I gotta break it. You've got to, so our kids can have that choice. Thank you, young man. Combustion imminent? What does that mean? It means fire, Robert. Isle of Dogs. Nobody's giving up around here, and don't you forget it, ever. You're Rex. You're King. You're Duke. You're Boss. I'm Chief. We're a pack of scary, indestructible alpha dogs. Atari Kobayashi, you heroically hijacked a junior turboprop XJ750 and flew it to the island because of your dog. Mirai. So what you are trying to tell me is what you've lost is actually yourself. But how do I get home? Well, will you help me now? Mm-mm. Ralph breaks the internet. Shouldn't it be Ralph wrecks the internet? Yes, since he is wreck it, Ralph. Uh, yeah, but break the internet, it's like a thing. Right, it's just wreck the internet kind of sounds better, doesn't it? Mm, you're not wrong. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I see the spark in you. It's amazing. Hands up! Whatever you choose to do with it, you'll be great. I love you, Miles. Yeah, I know, Dad. <laughs> You gotta, gotta say, say I love you back. Dad, are you serious? I, I want to hear, hear it. it. You want to hear me I say? I love you, Dad. You're dropping me off out of school. I love you, Dad. Look at this place. Dad, I love you. Dad, I love you. That's a copy. All right, animated feature film. Well, I think this is one of the easy ones of the night. I mean, usually we wouldn't, you know, bet against Pixar. They tend to win a lot. And I, I thought after I saw Incredibles two, I thought it would probably win. But Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is just you know, been winning a lot of the precursor awards and just seems to be the one to be running away with this one. So I think it's Spider-Man. Bernie, what about you? Yeah, besides being better than Incredibles 2, this is also a great way to, you know, tribute Stan Lee after passing. Mm -hmm. And it's 
arguably the best Spider-Man movie ever made. So, yeah, Spider-Verse. Jamie? This category isn't my specialty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say I mean the last Yeah The last uh, The last animated movie I saw was Steamboat Willie But I Believe <laughs> That uh, I'm in total agreement With you guys It's into the Spider-Versal win Alright And Mark Yeah I, I also have Spider-Man I'm, I'm a little nervous about it Just because it's Like you know Not Disney And uh, Or Pixar And yeah. I don't know if it's just too cool for them or not, but I'm I'm hoping it's it's Spider-Man. It's, I agree with Garney. I think, and actually, I'd go step further and say I think it is the best Spider-Man movie ever made. Uh, so yeah, Spider-Man. Okay. When was the last time Disney lost this category? Um, well, they That's have eleven question. wins out of they have eleven wins out of seventeen wins in this category since it's existed. I don't know what most recently they lost. But they do tend to dominate here. Yeah. Yes, they do. And it's on ABC, huh? which is a Disney network. So who the hell knows? Right. Not that that really matters, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, well, let's get to the short film categories. So, Mark, you were reading our nominees for best animated short film. All right, we have Animal Behavior uh, by Allison Snowden and David Fine. Bow by Dami Shi and Becky Neiman Cobb, Late Afternoon by Louise Bagnall and Muria Gonzalez Blanco, One Small Step by Andrew Chesworth and Bobby Pontillas, and Weekends by Trevor Jimenez. Uh, All right. My personal, you know, here we go. Sorry. <laughs> what happened, Mark? Go. I don't know. I didn't know if you wanted me to go. I, Got cut off or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, anim- okay, Animal Behavior was my favorite of five, so I'll be rooting for that, and I almost went with it, but it's hard, again, to bet against Disney here. And I know Bow was met with really uh, – was was really popular with audiences and, and whatnot, so I went with Bow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I only saw two of these. I saw Bow and One Small Step, and I, I did love both of these, these films, but, yeah, I, I think – especially in this category, Disney, Pixar, it's hard to vote against them. So bow for me too. Garney? Yeah, I think with Pixar not winning the animated feature category, I think it's definitely going to pick up the uh, animated short category. I haven't seen Animal Behavior or Weekends, but I saw the other three. I'm hoping to make a screening Saturday afternoon so I can catch those two. I wanted to predict one small step, being that it's in line with First Man. And usually when there's an animated short film that's in line with something in the zeitgeist, that that Mm. carries through. I remember like when the artist won, it was the same year that they gave uh, animated short to the the books, the flying books movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paper Man Um, or something like that maybe? Yeah, no, Paper Man was a different one. Oh no! Yeah, so yeah, it was Paperman was was the year of of the artist where because it was a black and white yeah, island. I think I remember that. And it was the the book one was the same year as yeah, I don't something. Yeah. Anyway, uh, maybe it was the no, Kachuko was the same year as the artist. I don't. Anyway, 
Yeah, I, 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 sentimentally, I'd like to pick one small step. I think it's a sweet little story, and it manages to do it without dialogue. But you know, Bao is pretty much doing the same thing, so it's going to be Bao. All right, Jamie. <clears throat> I predict <clears throat> that the winners of this category will step up to the stage and take a bow. That all the other <laughs> nominees will have to bow to them. So I, I'm going with animal behavior. No, I'm I'm sticking oh. with bow. Uh, <laughs> trick me. I got excited. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, that was that was a so-so joke, Jamie. See, like you. <laughs> You're not doing so great. <laughs> okay, best okay, it's about time. Work. You're finally back to your old self. Okay, best live action short film, and Garney will read our nominees and offer up the first prediction. The nominees are Detainment from Vincent Lamba and Darren Mahone, Fav, Jeremy Comte, and Maria Gracia Turgeon, Marguerite from Marianne Farley and Marie-Helena Panacet. Mother from Rodrigo Sorogoyen and Maria Del Puy Alvarado. And Skin from Guy Nadiv and Jamie Ray Newman. So well, this, year's live... <laughs> this, this, this year's live action short film is like the bleakest group I've seen. Yes. It, it should just be called Bad Things Happen to Kids, and it's a lot easier to be a lesbian nowadays. That's pretty much the theme. This year. There's a lot, a lot of dead kids this year, and I'm, I'm all yeah. for it. Oh my god! Good god! I mean, I think detainment is remarkable. The performances that that director got out of those kids, I shudder to think what kind of conversations they had to have to get the performances out of those kids in that. Um, and the fact that it's a true story, I was leaning towards that one, but I just think that Marguerite being the only one that's not a complete downer, uh, and being <laughs> uplifting and having to do with, uh, you know, acceptance of, you know, with the LGBTQ community, um, I, I'm, I'm going with Marguerite, even though I think its biggest competition is really skin since that's already mm-hmm. been greenlit for a feature-length version, and it's the only American one out of the five. Um, but I, I, I think that the plot of Skin, there's a lot of, like, big leaps that you have to take with it. And um, I know that the, the fans of Skin are, you know, very passionate about it, but uh, Marguerite is what I'm predicting to win. All right, Jamie, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going with Skin. Huh. Any particular reason? Skin is skin is about race, right? Yeah. yeah. Racism? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm going with skin. Because <laughs> racism trumps dead kids any day uh, and gives them awards glory. <laughs> All right, Mark, how about you? Yeah, I went with Margaret and I agree with everything, Jamie. Or, Gurney, sorry. Everything Gurney said about it. So it's it's the one movie that doesn't make you uh, need a drink after watching, I guess. And it's not that it's very light, but it's but it's sweet. So I I think that hopefully plays to some heartstrings. Yeah, I gotta agree. I went with Marguerite also. I I did have skin for a while, uh, not for the reason Jamie said, but more more just like hearing about it and also the uh, you know the fact that it did 
you know, get greenlit for a feature. So, but yeah, I, I, I go with Marguerite on this one. All right. Let's see. It's time for Jamie again to read and offer our first prediction for documentary short subject. And truth be told, guys, I gave oh, you the first ones. I wanted you guys to butcher these names, not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Documentary short subject. Okay, yeah. hang on. Okay. Okay, I got it. <clears throat> but I don't have last names here. Okay, I, I can only give like one name for each category because it doesn't list the whole names. All right. Okay. Here's Black, she- Black Sheep from Ed Perkins and Jonathan dot dot dot. Endgame. <laughs> Kid. Endgame from Rob Epstein and Jeffrey dot Freedom. dot dot. Freedom. Okay. No, re- no uh, relation. Uh, Lifeboat yeah. from Sky Fitzgerald and Bryn Mooser. Mooser. A Night of the Garden by Marshall Curry. And period, yeah. end of sentence from from Reka Zadab And Melissa Yes, Melissa Burton. Where are you reading these, by the way? That they just have the dot dot. Man, dot. I aced I aced the reading of this category uh, on the yes, official Oscars website. The official uh, Oscars website, man. Wow, that's surprising. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what's your prediction in documentary short My prediction is uh, the people, uh, the Oscar winners that are already in this category, uh, End Game, Rob Epstein and Jeffrey, oh. whatever. And they went okay. for yeah, they did the Harvey Harvey Milk. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. And and I've interviewed Rob Epstein. Uh, I like him very much. I'm a Facebook friend of Rob Epstein. I kind of have a personal connection to the guy. Nice. I'm excited. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mark. Um. Yeah. I, I I will just say that, and I try and watch the short films every year. And this this group, all three categories, was one of the rougher. Groups I've I've seen for me I just none of them I, I wasn't drawn to any of them in any one of the three categories um, the documentaries uh-huh. and maybe it's because they were just all so bleak across the board even the animated ones aren't really other than animal behavior they're not all I mean they're pretty sad um, uh-huh. I went with period end of sentence just because uh-huh. it's the one I probably disliked the least so <laughs> that's where I'm good reason. Yeah. I also went with period end of sentence. Um, I, I hadn't seen any of these, uh, so I just went with what I read. And, and I keep hearing a lot of uh, things about Black Sheep, but they're also saying there's, there's a lot of criticism for it because it does a lot of recreations, yeah. which I know is a kind of criticism with documentaries. Yeah, that's, so. that's yeah. why I went, I went against it, even though I, I probably should take back what I said. Black Sheep was probably the one I disliked the least, but the, re, okay. the recreations, uh, you know, definitely, I don't know that it'll help. Yeah. All right, Garney, what about you? Well, I saw all of them but Lifeboat, except I feel like I saw that one two years ago when it was called 4.1 Miles, nominated in this category. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, there, there is something about Endgame being like a universal, like everyone can, I mean, death is something that affects all of us. Black Sheep, it's like, hey, they're racist in the U.K. too. It's not just the U.S. Um <laughs> A Night at the Garden is a really interesting, like, unearthing of footage that's, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, even, but after it's all said and done, putting it up against these, it just seems a little 
flight. Um, that, that's uh-huh. was like that. That's it. That's what you get. Um, but it's still just kind of monumental that we're still finding this kind of. And what the Night of the Garden is is footage of a uh, nationalist rally at uh, Madison Square Garden mm. with the the Nazi Party right before mm. World War uh, World War Two. And uh, but I went with period end of sentence. Uh, there's the old Jamie Duvall adage that any title that has punctuation in the title of the documentary sort of subject is what wins. Um, but also this is something that is, it's, it's more uplifting because it's about change being made, something that, you know, they're bringing, you know, sanitary napkins, I guess is what I'll say to, um, to, to India and, you know, making a difference. And uh, the, and the production value of it is, is really stuck. Is that really what it's um, about? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. You can on, and there are people out there that say that they don't have ideas for movies. You could literally make a movie about <laughs> anything. We're going to make a movie where we take a box of maxi pads to needy people. And, the, <laughs> and it's not, but it's not just that they're, you know, educating um, these, you know, women in the Middle East, but it's also giving women an opportunity to like, thrive from it like they're it's their own business they're able to make money oh sure it's, but the heart of it is the maxi pads right i mean that's <laughs> I, mean, I mean i I, 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 I like to see someone's passion just bleed on the screen when i watch a short film <laughs> night and i god jerry see they're getting worse I, I I don't want to get into this conversation in the Me Too generation. I just, um, <laughs> oh, I'll do it. Oh, Jamie, he doesn't. So, yeah, I'm going with period in the sentence. Okay, so we got but three of them for that. Feel, do you feel it's Do you feel it's the right time of the month to give the award to that film? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jamie, I tell you what. All right, well, let's move to a category which has, I think, angered a lot of us. So we've got a little special message here uh, for all the kids at home. Hello, boys and girls. How are you doing today? We now arrive at the fucking best documentary feature category. I know a lot of us are dealing with a lot of fucking pain, fucking confusion, fucking hurt, fucking out of our mind at what the documentary branch is thinking over and over and over again. It's like a lover that we think is going to be there for us, you know, and then they fuck us over time and time again. And yet we keep thinking they're going to get it right one of these days. Okay, I'm sorry. We, we need to try this again. Thankfully, we have someone like Mr. Rogers, who is a lot more eloquent than I, who long ago helped teach us about the best ways to deal with our anger and hurt. My mom and dad didn't like me to bang when I was angry. But I found that if I played the piano when I was angry, they didn't mind that. So that's what I did. I'd play like that. I'd see that the music would be sounding less and less angry. So it seemed that the more I played, the more anger got out of me. 
and I felt better about everything. That's one reason I wrote that song, Good Feeling, because it does give you a good feeling to know that there's something that you can do to help you become the master of the mad that you feel and not have to hurt yourself or anybody else. Ah, thank you, Mr. Rogers. That was the kind of perspective that was needed. That's the kind of perspective your documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor, brought to so many of us. That was the documentary that we all knew was going to win this category. It was one of our sure things. Okay, sorry. Okay. I'm going to listen to Mr. Rogers. I'm going to play my piano to help get out the anger. Will you listen to the nominees for Best Documentary Feature this year? And those nominees are Free Solo. In some ways, it makes more sense to do the big two-handed jump because you're jumping to a good edge, so there's actually something to catch. But the idea of jumping without a rope seems completely outrageous. If you miss it, that's that. Hale County this morning, this evening. Got my bodyguard, nah. Got my bodyguard. Minding the gap. I've always needed more out of life, more out of where I was. You know, my parents ran this very controlling house, and so I ran away a lot. By like 16, I was no longer living with my parents, like at all. I just wanted to fucking escape. Of fathers and sons. RBG. Men and women are persons of equal dignity and they should count equally before the law. You won't settle for putting Susan B. Anthony on the new dollar. Right? <laughs> <laughs> when they would say things like this, how did you respond? Well, never in anger, as my mother told me. That's that would have been self-defeating. Always as an opportunity to teach. I did see myself as kind of a kindergarten teacher in those days because the judges didn't think sex discrimination existed. Uh, all right, documentary feature. I mean, if there's one category that has confounded us more in the history of the Oscars, it continues to be this category of the documentaries that get left out. <laughs> you know, and, and here we thought this was going to be like such an easy one to predict. And now I have no clue, you know, and I've been going back and forth between free solo and RBG. Um, I've only seen three of these. I saw RBG free solo and the fathers and sons, which I'm really glad of fathers and sons did get nominated. I think it's a really powerful uh, documentary. Um, but yeah, I think this is either going to be Free Solo or an RBG, and I, I really cannot decide because Free Solo is back in theaters now during voting time period. It's getting a lot of publicity. It's the better documentary. Uh, it was one of my top 20 of this year. But I changed it to RBG because I just think in today's climate that I think, 
you know, it's going to be an opportunity for them to honor that. Um, so this is one I'm just, I, I can't, I don't feel good about either one, but, but I, I just, I, I'm going with RBG, but I, I, I really think free solo could win this one. Um, so I'm interested to see what you guys are going to think with this one. So Garney. Yeah. Fathers and sons is the only one I haven't seen in this category. Um, but the access that that filmmaker had is remarkable. Oh, um, I think the free solo is definitely the most dynamic as far as the making of the documentary, the fact that they took those cameras up and climbed with the guy and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the filmmaker himself is, you know, very charismatic. And um, I actually, in free solo, I got to see, I, that's how I spent Super Bowl Sunday. I went to a theater, saw it in IMAX, and I was the only person in the theater. So that was kind of cool. But I agree that um, RBG is going to be the victorious candidate here. Uh, and But I, and I'm fine with that. I think that it is a, a, a stronger documentary as far as, I mean, the, the subject matter, the the person at the center of the of the documentary is much more likable than the guy in Free mm-hmm. Solo. I got tired of the end where it's like I'm watching the documentary about a guy who doesn't want to be in the documentary. Um, <laughs> and with RBG, it's just that's a, a story that needs to be told, um, and you know achievements need to be recognized. Uh, not to take anything away from the feat that is Free Solo, and I know that it's tough competition it's a neck and neck race but i think that rbg is going to be the one at the top of the mountain when it's all said and done well said garney and now you're making me feel better about my jamie what about you this category sucks i just (laughs) you know i i I, you know how people were pissed off about hoop dreams years ago not being nominated this is right up there with that i think Um, i agree I agree. I, I, pers- I, really, I, I, I usually – documentaries are usually my favorite – turn out to be my favorite films each year. I wasn't that impressed with documentaries last year. But Won't You Be My ne- Neighbor was like a movie-going experience I'll never forget. Uh, uh-huh. So this is this is shameful omission in this category. I'm yeah, going to really give is. it to RBG as well for the reasons that you said, that it's, it just seems kind of politically expedient, and it will be great. When you see, and I think you will, uh, Ruth Gator, Bader Ginsburg take the stage uh, in this category, um, I think they'll bring her out. They're, they'll wheel her out or something. However, I think it's not a good movie. Uh, you know, it doesn't – I think it is so kind of uh, done so blandly. It does nothing with, with cinematic medium. I mean, there's there's yeah. a way to make a documentary where you're not just cutting together talking heads, you know, express mm-hmm. something visually. I mean, there's no reason you can feel the programming of the commercial breaks in RBG. So uh, <laughs> I'm not happy about it, but I'll give it to RBG too. Mm-hmm. And Mark? Yeah, I want to echo what you guys said about uh, what should be my neighbor, but I want to uh, switch it to. Um, some attention for three identical strangers, which might've been my favorite documentary since the cove. Uh, It was my number three movie of the year. Um, I can't believe that both of those movies didn't find their way in, let alone at least one of them. Then we would have had a pretty easy selection here either way. Um, 
I did go with free solo. I I think it's the best to look at. I think it's the most, you know, aside from, I guess I shouldn't say the most interesting matter because RBG is quite astonishing, but um, Alex Honnold, uh, I know I I get why people are annoyed by him or or whatnot, uh, but I thought he was pretty fascinating and, and what he's setting out to achieve in the movie was, you know, inspirational and, and, you know, beautifully shot. So I went free solo. Cool. All right. So we have one free solo and three RBGs. All right. It's time for an acting category. Let's go to the supporting actress category. For the best performance by an actress in a supporting role, the nominees are Amy Adams in Vice. Either you stand up straight and you have the courage to become someone or I'm gone. I know a dozen guys and a few professors at school who would date me. I'll love you, Lynn. Then prove it! I can't go to a big Ivy League school, and I can't run a company or be mayor. That's just the way the world is for a girl. I need you. And right now, you are a big, fat, piss-soaked zero. Marina de Tavira in Roma. Oh, I didn't know a thing. I didn't even know what the movie was about or... Or anything. Uh, when Alfonso invited us, we were together. Uh, she, he said that this was a very personal film for him and that he wanted us to be the main female characters. And if we had the time, he would be really happy to work with us. And then he said, ladies and gentlemen, I have Cleo and Sofia. And I started like crying and it was a very exciting moment. And I looked at Cleo, I mean at, at Jali, and she was like, I don't get it at all. Regina King. In If Beale Street Could Talk. A child is coming. It's your grandchild. I don't understand you. It's your grandchild. What difference does it make how it gets here? The child ain't got nothing to do with that. Ain't none of us got nothing to do with that. Emma Stone in The Favorite. I am a person of honor even if my station is not. Even if I were the last one left in this wretched place, I would remain a lady. <laughs> You're pretty when outraged. So my secrets are safe with you? All of them. Good. Even your biggest secret. Rachel Weiss, in The Favorite. Abigail. <gasps> if you forget to load the pellet, the gun fires, makes a sound, but releases no shot. It is a great jape, do you agree? Yes. Maybe we will think of a use for it one day. Sometimes it is hard to remember whether you have loaded the pellet or not. I do fear confusion. An accident. All right, Mark. So what do you think is going to happen in Supporting Actress? So this is one of the last two that I had to decide between. That was one of the more challenging ones, I think, because... Regina King seemed to win everything she, you know, everything in her path, but wasn't nominated for two of the most important precursors with SAG and BAFTA, so she wasn't able to show up there. So um, I just don't know who it would be if not her, I guess, Rachel Weisz, since she won BAFTA. But uh, I went with Regina King. Um, it was last, last minute, kind of flip it around. Huh. Okay, yeah, I, I went with Regina King, too. This is one that I've I've stuck with. Um, because usually when we see two actors from the same film nominated in the same category, 
they tend to split the vote and it's hard for i guess voters to kind of say okay well it won't, how is one better than the other um i've been seeing a lot a number of predictions lately for amy adams uh this is what her, like her sixth nomination and is yet to win yeah. um and i could because because i was trying to think it, it we seem to always get a surprise in one of these categories uh in the acting categories and that's one that i could potentially see surprising uh to finally and i would love to see that happen um, I mean, I loved Amy Adams' advice. I thought she was great. I also loved Regina King, and if Beale Street can talk, so I'd be happy for either one. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do think it's Regina King. Uh, I just think she's got the momentum. And but it is an interesting thing that she wasn't nominated, like you said, for two of the really big ones, especially SAG. So if if there's an upset or a surprise, I'd be Amy Adams. But I'll go with the safe pick, Garney. Yeah, I think that this is the category that has the most potential to be the surprise, but I just can't decide who the surprise would be. Like, I'm kind of, <laughs> I really want to lean towards Marina Di Tavera because it would be such a beautiful little Cinderella thing, and um, oh, yeah. I feel bad for Amy Adams because this is like the time when she she's always just outshone by one glimmer where she's like almost the almost the winner, I feel like. And then here mm-hmm. she is in this category where if the role that she was given in Vice, you know, demanded more of her craft, because she did a great mm-hmm. job with what she was given. I just don't think that Lynn Cheney in this um, in this film gave her enough. There, there's not really that big Oscar moment. I mean, the closest mm-hmm. thing is the, in my memory, is the, is the Shakespeare moment. Yeah. And I just, I don't, it, it's such a divisive film. So I'm 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 going with Regina King, uh, even though because the other aspect is that I feel a lot more confident in this prediction if Beale Street could talk were nominated in other high categories besides just mm-hmm. this and screenplay because it just didn't get yeah. the uh, the love that I thought it would when I first read about it. After I saw it, I mm-hmm. kind of understood. Um, it's, I, when we talked about it before, it's like I said, it's one that I appreciated more with my my mind and my eyes than my heart. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think that you know Regina King ends up being the, the winner here. All right, and Jamie, I'm on board with uh, Regina King as well. <clears throat> There's no reason that hasn't already been articulated. The board on that one for Regina King. All right, let's get to production design. Oh, go ahead, Mark. I was just going to ask, who do you guys think it is if it's not Regina? Since we all went that way, but I I think it's not that easy. I think Amy Adams, actually. If if there's a surprise. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I could see it. It's going to be Rachel Weisz of the two. If if they do go with the favorite, I think she will win over Emma Stone, but... um, yeah, I, I think it'd be Amy Adams, if not her. I've really been contemplating going for the riskier pick of Marina, mm-hmm. just because there's something yeah. about that being such a, and she's she's campaigned for it well, without, mm-hmm. yeah, but not strongly enough, you know. Yeah. Well, and her inclusion in that, and I think we talked about that uh, back when nominations came out really shows the love for Roma. You know, the fact that this was a nomination that nobody saw coming. Um, yeah, so I, I, I mean, think... b- both of them. I, I was I was so, yeah. for as pissed off as I was about Won't You Be My Neighbor being admitted, I was I was almost 
tearfully gleeful over the two acting nominations for Roma. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I will say uh, that I think that Marina is that is a stronger performance in the film. I mean, uh, Yulitsa does a great job of just being Cleo and letting things happen around her, just being in the moment. But there are there's more of a conviction to to playing Sophia. The just the little things of getting out of the car and uh, the way that she gathers the family around. It's uh, yeah. you know, I think that there's more but, of but a that 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 lead performance is is amazing. I mean. Uh, oh yeah. It, in order to 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 actually be in the moment, as you said, and this to be your first film, and you to have no ambitions whatsoever about being on film. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's it's hard for it's hard for many normal people, so to speak, to to be in the moment and be themselves when there's a camera pointed in their face. Um, yeah. I, so I, I was amazed by her, and that whole delivery scene, which I think is one oh. of the strongest yeah. scenes of last year. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Garney, let's get uh, going with production design. You're reading our nominees there. All right. Production design. We have Black Panther with production design by Hannah Beachler and set direction by Jay Hart. The Favorite, production design by Fiona Kronbeek, set direction by Alice Falton. First Man, production design Nathan Crowley, set direction Kathy Lucas. Mary Poppins Returns. Production design, John Meyer. Set direction, Gordon Sim. And Roma. Production design, Eugenio Caballero. Set direction, Barbara Enrique. Um, these are all very strong contenders. Like, I could see this award going to any of them. Uh, there's arguments to be made, especially the feat of building 1970s Mexico in Roma. Um, yes. And there's definitely there's a vibrance to Mary Poppins Returns and creating Wakanda for Black Panther. Although how much of when those how much of it is CGI, how mm-hmm. much of it is set design. Yeah. Um, the first man was being a period piece in, in, in a sense, um, and then and the moon landing of course. But I'm I'm going with the favorite because the. Uh, as the camera moved around that palace and everything that was in there, there was always something fantastic to look at. In addition to the costumes, the performances, just the way that they they filled the screen with, uh, they made the rooms interesting. It wasn't just bland, like, um, period stuff. There was something that was, it made, I, I felt that the favorite was something special. All right. Jamie, what do you think? I have similar concerns to, with Garney about the CGI-ness of Black Panther. I I don't know how much of set construction was done that way. But I do uh-huh. think it's significant. And Mark, you can back me up. I'm not sure which one's true. I've, either this is the first time an African-American has been nominated in this category or an African-American woman. I can't remember which one. You're you're correct. Uh, it's the first African American period. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, the period was a short Lord film. Lord. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was uh, the first one. Damn it. You know what? <laughs> for for no other reason, I'm going with Black Panther for that reason. Mm. Okay. okay. Mark, what about you? I love Fiona. I love Fiona Crombie. I talked to her. And she had quite a task because what 
many people don't realize is that, I mean, the favorite was done on a budget. I, I mean, they really had to cut corners. But they filmed in a real location, uh, and they had to be careful about how they dressed things because it, I forget the name of the, the castle, but uh, a palace, but it, they couldn't disturb too much there because it's historic, mm-hmm. it's a landmark. Right. Um, so she had to be very inventive on a budget on, in a costume period. So if they get into the weed like that, uh, then they, if Crombie could win for the favorite. Mm-hmm. Mark, what do you think? Yeah, I, I have the favorite. I think most of what both Garney and Jamie were saying there, it's kind of a typical winner here, a period film. I, I know a film with the most overall nominations tends to win production design as well often, so mm-hmm. I have the favorite. Yeah, and this is one that I, I also went back and forth with Black Panther and the favorite, even though I would love to see Roma win this because, like, you're right, to recreate like 1970s Mexico from his youth and even the house that he lived in. Um, incredible work there for sure. But, uh, but yeah, cause I mean like Black Panther, when you think about it, I mean like the, you know, they're still designing an entire world, whether it's computer or not, you know? So, um, but yeah, so, I mean, I, I did go with the favorite too, because I think like you're right on a budget and having to be careful in that. I mean, this, this, the sets are immaculate. I mean, it's, it's an amazing setting for the film. Uh, it's almost its own character, so I definitely think the favorite's going to take uh, production design. All right, visual effects. Jamie is reading here. I think you'll have a lot of oh, dot, dot, dots. <laughs> well, just give us the films. We'll yeah, the films and visual. They got a lot. Okay, of I got I got I got to find it. What is this visual effects? <laughs> visual effects. <laughs> Damn. Uh, uh, I, I'll I'll get there. I promise. Visual effects. The nominees are Avengers Infinity War, Christopher Robin, First Man, Ready Player One, and Solo, A Star Wars Story. What a boring-ass category. (laughs) (laughs) You know, a lot of people think, uh, we'll just give it to the one with the most, that's most effective. Um, (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna go well, with the one that's that the only practical one of the five, which is First Man, the only practical uh-huh. effects movie. Okay, Mark. Yeah, this was this was one of the hard ones too. Um, I went with Avengers of Infinity War mainly because of what they did with Thanos and how great that uh, that character was. So. The first yeah, man I, I really which I'm rooting for first man. Yeah, I was gonna say for the guy who loved it so much, you're voting against it a lot. Oh, your, uh, Mark. I hedge. I like <laughs> to hedge my bet emotionally. Yeah, I like I like to hedge yeah. my bet emotionally with with my movie, and I the lack of love for first man is probably the biggest thing that will bet for me from this year. So I didn't pick it. Yeah. I didn't pick it for anything, but I'll be rooting oh, for yeah. it for everything. I struggle between Avengers: Infinity War and First Man. Also, I think they're the they're the two really. And because, and, yeah, sometimes you look at it and say, okay, which one has the most effects? Does that tend to win? But, yeah, I got to go first man here too. I just feel like it's got – it's going to win something, and I and I think the visual effects are incredible. I mean the, to, to be able to – not just the practical stuff, but just to be able to – the moon all, – all that footage, like the traveling to the moon and the moon footage, I mean it was exceptional how it was recreated. So 
yeah, I, I, I feel like the practical stuff will kind of appeal to them and go with first man. And it also makes it different from the other from the other four. And yeah, when I right. when I say pra- when I say practical, I mean shit that really happened. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, which you don't find in the other stuff. Even though animals have talked to me in the past, I have seen that. <laughs> You've seen that yet? <laughs> okay, Garney, what do you My, uh, Yeah, like this German Shepherd told me to kill once. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Johnny. What do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's. It, it does feel like this is First Man's best shot at getting an award, even though you know, I went for it in sound mixing, because I'm not picking it here. There's been sort of a trend of the more artistic films winning in this category. I mean, you had Blade Runner win and here, and uh, Interstellar won instead of the. You know, Planet of the Apes movies that they were up against mm-hmm. that were the more effect heavy, and I, I think there's a three-way race here between Avengers, First Man, and Ready Player One because I think you know that movie is pretty much an entire visual effect. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but I think with Black Panther not being in the category, I I have to go with Avengers: Infinity War here, if nothing else for that the snap being one of the most memorable moments of moviedom last year mm-hmm. and I went to the midnight screening of Infinity War and it was a very vocal crowd the entire time and as soon as that happened you could hear a pin drop in that theater mm-hmm. it was just this I mean, it was a quiet place um, <laughs> and so I just think okay. that Avengers is too much in the zeitgeist and being this the only category where it is nominated the only chance they have to vote for it I see Avengers winning here all right, so another example of a tough category. We have a split vote, two for Avengers, two for First Man. All right, let's move to the category of Best Cinematography. This was going to be one of the categories that I couldn't believe they were this. going to show. <laughs> Best Cinematography. I mean, when you, when you heard that they were going to select some awards to go off to the, the commercial breaks, they thought, okay, probably yeah. the short films are probably the ones that are going to go first. And then they picked Cinematography and Film Editing, Two of the things that here's, you here's cannot make shocking. a film without. <laughs> here's what's shocking yeah, about that, especially, because it, John Bailey was pushing for it. John Bailey yes. is an esteemed cinematographer. He's been around yeah. forever. He's shot a lot of great stuff. He is married to one of the great film editors in Carol Littleton. Uh, so, and, and those are the two categories he chooses? I mean, he, he more than anyone knows the value of those two. Oh, I know. It was it was shocking, so I'm glad that they're not going to do that. So here are the nominees for cinematography this year. For the best achievement in cinematography, the nominees are Lucas Zhao for Cold War. On top of the expert direction, Cold War features stunning cinematography by Lucas Zhao, who previously lends Ida. The DOP makes great use of the monochromatic aesthetic, capturing the cold gloom and poverty behind the Iron Curtain as evocatively as he displays the chic style and loneliness of Paris. As a result, the film feels thoroughly authentic, like a lost classic pulled directly from the mid-20th century. Robbie Ryan for The Favorite. And with someone like Yorgos Lanthimos, with whom Ryan recently collaborated in filming The Favorite, Ryan changes things up by employing a range of wide-angle lenses to help capture a cold, voyeuristic, and almost anachronistic style to create a visual match for Lanthimos' directing. Caleb Deschanel for Never Look Away. I mean, it's all about the wind blowing shutters and things being dark and projections and 
It's, um, but I think it was, you know, on, on the page it worked and, you know, the real terror was like, how do you pull that off? Because the lighting was really, really difficult. Alfonso Caron for Roma. Traditionally, cinematography decisions are meant to guide the eye to whatever is most important. So by placing the camera further back and filming with a wide lens, it puts everything into focus, giving everything significance. And the choice to shoot in 65mm grants a sense of scope to the film not typically found within such an intimate story. Matthew Libatique for A Star is Born. Each character is highlighted by a color. And you're watching a movie, hopefully, but what happens when two people truly love each other? And even within that true love, how hard it is to endure. And we go from blue being the color of Jackson and red being the color of Allie and how those colors start to merge as, as their relationship first peaks and then starts to tumble. And to be able to have the richness of those colors in Dolby Vision, it just highlights the emotionality of the scenes. All right, the best cinematography... Well, it, I think it's so great to have two black and white films nominated this year, um, and Cold War surprisingly won the. Didn't it? It just won the Cinematographers Guild, right? Yes, yeah, so it won oh, the. Uh, yeah, but I, yeah. I still think this is going to Alfonso Cuarón for Roma. This is the first time a director who shot his own film would win the Best Cinematography Oscar, and I, I mean, I I cannot speak enough about his cinematography work in that film and how much he puts into his shots and the, that moving camera, the way he does some of these shots and what he achieves with them is just remarkable. I mean, it's, it's a film that I just look forward to studying uh, from a visual standpoint. So I, I think this one is a pretty sure thing uh, for Alfonso Cuaron for Roma. Darnie, what do you think? Yeah, I do want to say that I'm really happy to see Matthew Liberty get a nomination. Um, I've been a fan of his work, all the stuff with, uh, uh, he's, he's done some Spike Lee films as well as, um, most everything that, uh, I, the guy who directed Mother <laughs> by hand, Requiem for Dream. Yes, Aronofsky. Um, he's done some fantastic work with him that has, should have gotten some more recognition prior to this. Um, the, the the lenses that were used in the favorite and what they did with the camera in that were fantastic. This is a very strong category, but I agree it's got to be be Roma, uh, and it's, it's pronounced Alfonso Craon. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> if you're going to be such an admirer, you might as well say his name right. And uh, we were talking about like leaving the categories <laughs> off when they were <laughs> when they weren't going when they weren't going to do the categories. <laughs> Uh, when I was working on the Bohemian Oscar D, as I call it, the end was going to be Bohemian Rhapsody cut four time, and I wasn't even going to sing about Rami Malek or anything, but then when they reversed the decision, I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll change the ending. But yeah, um, I think it's, it, you know, with Alfonso Cuaron winning here, and if it wins foreign language film, director, and if it wins best picture, he ties the record for the most Oscars won in a single evening, currently held by Walt Disney. So, all right. Well, we'll talk more about that as we go through the category six. All right, Jamie, what do you think? Uh, well, A Star is Born. Uh, oh, did I pronounce that right, Garney? A Star is Born? I wasn't sure. <laughs> uh, I like I, I like Matthew Levitek. Uh 
I think he's a great cinematographer. And if he loses this category, he's probably going to get drunk and punch somebody. <laughs> but <laughs> he's still going to lose. I think the same thing would happen if he wins. Yeah, probably <laughs> yeah, especially if he wins. Never Look Away is a great nomination because Caleb Deschanel, who is one of the greats, been around forever. I don't think he's ever been uh, awarded or uh, uh, – but I, I don't know that the movie is popular enough to take him over the top. For me, it really is a fight between Cold War and Roma. The thing that Roma has in its favor beyond the sheer number of nominations even people that don't like Roma agree that it's technically immaculate. And uh-huh. it has some great show-off sequences, especially the dolly out into the ocean at the end. Uh, uh, I, 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 think, I, th- I think there's a lot in Roma's favor, and it's going to win this category. But if it doesn't, then Cold War is next in line. Uh-huh. And Mark, what do you think? I have Roma being the first black and white film to win the award since Schindler's List in 1993. Yeah. It's been a while. There's that stat. There's, there's the there stat. There it is. I know and love. Yeah. Right. Didn't, didn't Ida win this? Wasn't no. Ida in black and white and that guy, it didn't win cinematography? No, I, I believe Ida won four in. Um, let me that that real quick. was nominated but didn't win. I uh, was nominated and won four in. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 All right. So uh, aroma for cinematography. Now to the music categories. Yeah. And probably, the, let's start with the one that's probably one of the biggest sure things on Oscar night, which means we're probably yeah. going to be wrong. <laughs> okay. For the best achievement in music written for motion pictures, best original song, the nominees are All the Stars from Black Panther. Music by Mark Spears, Kendrick Lamar Duckworth, and Anthony Tiffith. Lyric by Kendrick Lamar Duckworth, Anthony Tiffith, and Solana Rowe. I'll Fight from RBG. Music and Lyric by Diane Warren. Place Where Lost Things Go, from Mary Poppins Returns. Music by Mark Shaman, lyric by Scott Whitman and Mark Shaman. Smiling from a star that she makes glow. Trust she's always there, watching as you grow. Find her in the place where the lost things Shallow, from A Star is Born. Music and lyric by Lady Gaga, Mark Ronson, Anthony Rosamondo, and Andrew Wyatt. Cowboy Trades His Spurs for Wings from The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Music and lyric by David Rawlings and Gillian Welch. No 
something else in this category. <laughs> Mark, get us started. You, you won't find me being bold with this one. I think this is the easiest of all coming into the night. So I have, I have Shallow from The Star is Born. Yeah, I mean, like, this is probably one that we just knew, like, as soon as you even heard it in the trailer or uh, right. that this, this was going to win. Like, I mean, the song is so integral to the film itself. I mean, <laughs> out of all these songs, like, it's, it's such a huge part of the film, so... So, yeah, and, and it's probably the only place The Star is Born is going to win, um, which is kind of surprising. I mean, I think if that film had been released a little bit closer to the end of the year, maybe it wouldn't have lost some of its luster. But, And I, I love The Star is Born, so I, I, w- I wish it could get more, but um, it'll be, it'll be glad to see, I'll be glad to see it win here. So, Darnie, what about you? Yeah, it's going to be shallow. It's, it's, it's a great song, and it's there's something – found in the simplicity as well. Although I the song that I like better in the movie is um maybe it's time to let the always die. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one yeah. that Bradley Cooper sings solo. I think that was uh yeah. written by um Jason Aldean. So that's a mm-hmm. it's a great song as well. But yeah, Shallow Winds it it deserves it. Although I will say and that Jamie? all the stars all the stars could potentially upset just if they wanted some cool cred. But yeah, I, I don't think there's enough people that hate Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah. And Jamie, what do you think? Yeah, uh, without a doubt, it's going to be shallow. And I think their duet's going to be the the most talked about moment of the night. Uh, yeah. You know, unless right. stage blows up or something. Like if terrorists <laughs> come in and blow up the Oscars, I think people will talk about that more than Gaga. But I think it's likely right. going to be that duet. Uh, yeah. It's funny how that Buster Scruggs song got nominated. It kind of makes you rethink, do we have to perform all five songs? <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't like when a cowboy trades his spurs for wings, Jamie? I, mean, kind of I actually thought that, that, that opening uh, segment of that movie was very funny because of Tim Blake Nelson. But uh, I'm not I'm not necessarily crazy about that song. But I know that Bette Midler's singing the Mary Poppins song. I, I don't know if uh, they're getting someone else to sing uh, any of the others, but that didn't record it. But um, I don't think so. Not that I've heard so far. So, all right. Well, let's move on to the. They're going to bring out Canada. Willie Nelson. <laughs> For what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to sing RBG song? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Music original score. For the best achievement in music written for motion pictures, best original score, the nominees are Ludwig Gorenson for Black Panther. Terrence Blanchard for Black Clansman.
Nicholas Bertel for If Beale Street Could Talk. Alexandra Desplat for Isle of Dogs. Mark Shaman for Mary Poppins Return. I think this is one of the toughest categories. I, there's mm-hmm. argument made for all of them. Maybe the least being Isle of Dogs, since Alexander Desplat just won his second one last year for Shape of Water. Um, and that being the weakest of the nominees. I, it's crazy that this is the only the first time that Terrence Blanchard's been nominated. Um, mm-hmm. But this isn't his best music. Uh, I think that this is probably one of the stronger chances Black Panther has for winning because I think a lot of people look at a name like Ludwig Lorenzen and think, oh, that's someone who deserves to win an Oscar for music. I mean, he's named <laughs> Ludwig. Um, and the music that Nicholas Bertel wrote for Spiel Street to Talk is just yeah. beautiful. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just gorgeous. And he also had a great music for Vice that just shows how prolific the guy is. And he can do music that matches almost anything. And I think there's a really strong chance he could win. But I, I'm going with Mary Poppins Returns here. And I know that's oh. a risky pick, but I feel like it's the most musical movie that's nominated. And with the exception of, you know, Black Panther, it. Black Panther is the only one that has a song that's also nominated. Uh, uh, Mary Poppins Returns is Disney. Disney uh, frequently wins the music category. Mark Scheinman's never won before, and he's a friend of the Academy. He used to he composed all the he he worked with Billy Crystal on all of his medleys when he was hosting. He's been the music director for the Academy yeah. Awards in the uh-huh. past. But whether uh-huh. voters really know about that or not, I don't know. Um, but I think that there's enough of a core older vote where they're going to recognize that sort of more symphonic throwback of Mary Poppins returns and they'll, they'll get, and they will end up winning this, this award. Cause I think the black Panther and black Klansman might be a split vote. And if Beale street could talk, I just see them all going from the people that if only one of those had been nominated, it could win. But I think they're going to split some votes where Mary Poppins returns will be the, odd man out that ends up winning. Very interesting point there, Meg Garney. Jamie, what do you think? Yeah, I was voting for Barry Poppins Returns, too. But it's uh, for the same reasons. I mean, really, uh, if you just go by degree of task, degree of difficulty, it would seem like the musical, in the one that's the musical that required a new, you know, a new a new musical. Got to write a new musical for this thing. But I am confused because is it possible really to delineate 
between the songs and and how how much of it is song and how much of it is score. Like, it, it, yeah. is that the delineation here? Like, how much is yeah lyric, La La Land, lyric yeah. free music? Is it is a lot yeah. of a score? Okay. Yeah, La La Land won both song and score when it you know, a couple of years ago. So they, okay. there's not as much maybe score as there was in La, La Land, but there's there's enough where she's you know floating down on her umbrella and all that where there's no music. All right, I, I don't, I don't watch the gay opening. shit. I don't, I don't watch the gay <laughs> shit, so I don't know about Mary Poppins' return. <laughs> uh, oh, but I'm I'm going to I'm going to choose it. Uh, to win for that reason, but sec- a close second place, or maybe an interchangeable winner here, would be if Bill Street out of these nominees, that's the best score. Wow! All yes. right, and you Mark? and you make a key point there because out of these nominees, Bill Street may be the best. I don't know how First Man's score missed here. It was right the one score that I think. Amen. Yeah, mm-hmm. the one score Absolutely. that I think will be remembered in twenty years. Um, this to me was the most top, uh, the toughest category of all. Um, I wanted to pick Black Panther, uh, especially after on the heels of winning a Grammy. Uh, it actually beat out just because the weird way that the years overlap for Grammys. Black Panther beat out Shape of Water, which was last year's score winner uh, at Grammys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the Black Plans Plansman score. The you know the cool guitar. It's a different kind of score for for Oscar, but. Um, there's a pretty good stat of 16 of the last 18 winners for score were also nominated for best picture. So that that's pretty amazing. Like that's a pretty good one. And Uh it was hard to, it was hard not to take one of those two, but I just think if you, if you just listen to the score separate, even from the movie, if Bill street could talk is just so pretty, I I, I don't know what other word to use. So I, I went with that just on the hopes that they listened to the score, I guess. I don't know. So, it was a hard one because it, it's hard because first man won everything leading up to it. The yeah. word was the word was gorgeous, Mark. It's gorgeous, gorgeous. Mark. That's the word, gorgeous, <laughs> gorgeous yeah. score. Bertel was nominated. His score for uh, Moonlight lost to La La yeah. a couple of years ago, and mm-hmm. you know, so maybe it's his turn. I don't know. Yeah, I hope this, you're right. This one. Yeah, like I, I'm also going with Nicholas Patel for a field streak and talk, but I do not feel good about it. Like, I mean, because no. you're right, I can see a case for all these, you know, because yep. I could see him get about Black Panther again because I feel like Black Panther's going to get something. And I love that. I'm, I'm with you, Mark. Black Klansman, I love Terrence Blanchard scoring that. And, and I'd love to see that. That would make me the most happy, actually, to see Terrence Blanchard win. But you're right. Like this, from the overall score standpoint, of Feel Street and Talk is a gorgeous score. It's it's it perfectly like makes that film, and yeah. and yeah, I wish Nicholas Patel been nominated for Vice also. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm just tentatively not feeling great about it going with the Feel Street and Talk. But this yeah, this fine. really could go any any direction because your cases you're making for Mary Poppins Returns too are also good. So yeah, this this one I. <laughs> Not feeling good about, but all right. Now let's get to the writing categories. I also struggled in these categories. I'm wondering if you guys did too. So let's go to the adapted screenplays. For the best adapted screenplay, the nominees are The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, written by Joel Cohen and Ethan Cohen. I do hail from Riata Pass, which is in the county of San Saba, being the which why the San Saba songbird is my sobriquet of preference. But right now, 
I'd appreciate it if you'd deposit your weapon in the receptacle by the swinging doors, which concealing of it on your person in the first place was a violation of the rules of this establishment and an offense against local norms. Black Klansman, written by Charlie Wachtel and David Robinitz and Kevin Wilmot and Spike Lee. Our lips are thick. Our nose is broad. Our hair is nappy. We are black and we are beautiful. Can You Ever Forgive Me? Screenplay by Nicole Hosseneffer and Jeff Witte. I love his writing. And Dorothy Parker as well. Caustic wit, you know? Caustic wit is my religion. I can't carry it off. You certainly can. Doesn't help too much in the relationship department. I'm sure that's not true. If Beale Street Could Talk. Written for the screen by Barry Jenkins. This is a sacrament. And no, I ain't lost my mind. We are drinking to new life. Tish gonna have Fonny's baby. A Star is Born. Screenplay by Eric Roth and Bradley Cooper and Will Fetters. Ain't it hard keeping it so hardcore? Is that me? That's you. You just write that now? Yeah. Pretty good. All right, Jamie, let's get us started in Best Adapted Screenplay. Wow. Um... I think it's going to go to, uh, yeah, I'm so confused, conflicted by this category. I'm kind of Uh conflicted between Can You Ever Forgive Me and uh, If Bill Street Could Talk. Uh, If Uh Bill Street Could Talk because of its its source material, and Can Uh You Ever Forgive Me because uh, it's about a a writer. Uh, I, I mean, maybe I'm thinking too much into it. So I am going to settle on. Uh, can you ever forgive me? I think a star. I think a star is born. There's a feeling, even though Eric Roth is a giant among screenwriters, there's a feeling that oh, we've been to this well too many times before. Uh, and the other, I don't even remember who the other nominees are. It's it's been like what thirty <laughs> seconds, and I've already forgotten them. <laughs> That's, that's, I love Jamie's voting there. It's just the ones that he remembers at any given time. <laughs> All right, Mark, what do you think? Yeah, as much as much as I thought if Beale Street Could Talk was going to be the favorite all season for this one, it didn't win WGA, it didn't win BAFTA, uh, and most surprisingly, it didn't win the Scripter Award. Um, uh-huh. So I don't know that I can go that way, and it doesn't seem like they have a lot of love, which made me. That's why I struggled so much picking it with score because it didn't show up a lot of other places. Can you forgive me? Won the WGA, so that makes it hard not to pick. And I, I love what um, Jamie said about it being about a writer. That I'm sure helped it get in, get that award at least. Um, but I'm uh-huh. going with Black Klansman. I think this is their way and their opportunity to finally get Spike Lee an Oscar. Um, uh-huh. So. That's where I went. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you said it exactly, Mark. Like I, I think, yeah, this is the the best opportunity to give Spike Lee an Oscar. Um, although I can really see this going to Can You Ever Forgive Me, especially when it won WGA, uh, and it's the right. chance to honor that film. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I completely like didn't even give the Feel Street to talk a chance because I just, yeah. it, I didn't, it didn't get the love from the Academy that I really thought it would get. Um, 
Right. So, yeah, I definitely think it's between Black Clansman and Kendra, forgive me, but I, I really do see this going to Black Clansman because I just I, – I, I don't see Spike Lee walking out of the Oscars without winning one, and this is probably the best chance because they definitely embrace that film. So Yeah, Tony, what for you sure. Yeah, it, it has to be Black Clansman. I knew that Can You Ever Forgive Me would win the WGA because it's writers voting, <laughs> but this is the whole <laughs> academy. It, that It doesn't matter. Uh, it's going to be Black Klansman. They People want to see Spike Lee get up there. This is going to be his chance. I mean, this is where you know Jordan Peele won the screenplay award, um, and it was a great screenplay. I mean, the, the treatment that Spike Lee gave to the white characters was surprisingly fair. I mean, the, when David Duke, I know that he said he was worried about how he was going to be depicted and said that he was like a big fan of Spike Lee and that Mike Malcolm X is his favorite Spike Lee film, according to Spike Lee when he was on Stephen Colbert's show. But uh, the, the the dialogue in Black Klansman is great, the, the framing of the story. You know, the, there's been a lot of uh, backlash as far as Spike Lee being a little too kind to the police and everything and uh, and the character itself. But it's yeah, this is their chance to finally give Spike Lee an Oscar that he should have won a long time ago. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right. I think that if it's not Black Klansman, it's because there's a, uh, a sympathy vote for Bradley Cooper. But since they could also vote for him in Best Actor, if, if Bradley Cooper had been locked out of actor and director, I think he would have a stronger chance of picking up a trophy here. But, no, it's Black Lansman. All right. Now let's go to the original screenplays. And also another one that I'm struggling with. For the Best Original Screenplay, the nominees are The Favorite, written by Deborah Davis and Tony McNamara. I'm ready for the Russian ambassador. Who did your makeup? We want something dramatic. Do you like it? You look like a badger. Oh. Are you going to cry? Really? Well, what do you think you look like? Badger. Do you really think you can meet the Russian delegation looking like that? No. First Reformed, written by Paul Schrader. The heavens declare the glory of God. God is present everywhere in every plant, every river, every tiny insect. The whole world is a manifestation of his holy presence. I think this is an issue where, where the church can lead, but, but they say nothing. Green Book, written by Nick Vallelonga, Brian Curry, and Peter Farrelly. Falling in love with you was the easiest thing I've ever done. Nothing matters to me but you. And every day I'm alive, I'm aware of this. I loved you the day I met you. I love you today, and I will love you the rest of my life. So can I put the P.S. Kiss the Kids? A P.S.? Yeah, like at the end. That's like clinging a cowbell at the end of Shostakovich the seventh. Roma, written by Alfonso Cuaron. Vice, written by Adam McKay. I have been uh, Secretary of Defense. I have been the Chief of Staff. Uh, the Vice Presidency is mostly a um, symbolic job. Right, right. 
I can see how that wouldn't be uh, enticing to you. All right, original screenplay. This is one, again, changed this morning. I've struggled back and forth with this one for a while. I think it's between The Favorite and Green Book. Um, and I I still don't really know which one to go with, but I finally went with The Favorite, I think, with the 10 nominations. Um, I think it also is going to win something bigger than just a technical category. So I could see it going to Green Book, too, uh, because it seems to have fans. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go with The Favorite reluctantly. Great to see first performed in here, too. Paul Schrader, I mean, longtime great writer, great filmmaker. Um, but I, I don't see him having a shot at winning for this. So i got to go with the favorite. Yarny, what do you think? Yeah, I agree that it's going to be between those two, but I'm going with Green Book because it's just an easier movie to like. And the uh, the dialogue between the two characters is very winsome. It's, I mean, the, the film is conventionally made, but the the script crackled on a certain level, and a lot of it was in the delivery from the actors. But you know, they had it was a good source material to work with. We know that there's another one that's there's controversy where the family of one character is not happy with that, with the portrayal and everything, but I don't think a lot of the voters care about that anymore. I, I'm going with Green Book. And also because the director is on the team, and he's been very, you know, I, his acceptance speech at the Producers Guild Award when Green Book won, very, you know, self-effacing with the saying, "What when you make a movie like Dumb and Dumber, you never expect to be mm-hmm. on like this." So, yeah, I'm going with Green Book, okay. but I, I'm not that uh, confident about it. Jamie, what do you think? I'm going with First Reformed. I think Paul Schrader will win. Yeah, I think he's I think he's the uh, the the giant of the writers in this category, and I think people are going to see that. God, really, we've never nominated this man. We got to rectify this. Let's give him this award. Plus, I think it's great. It would be great to just since it was snubbed in actor as it should not have been. I think it'd be great to recognize it on some level, <clears throat> Oscar night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. In- I read something too that they were saying with all the talk about like Glenn Close being overdue. Why is there no talk about Paul Schrader being overdue? I mean, I mean, right. that's that's now very. I, and I ultimately, yeah. I don't. You know, and the one slight against him is that you yeah. know he's basically said, you know, I don't need a fucking Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> this whole this whole campaign season, but uh, yeah. ultimately, I, I, I think his prestige uh, outshines that. You know, mm. I'll still give it well, to him. Well, definitely bold pick, Jamie. Mark, what do you think? Yeah, this this was tough. I was between the favorite and Green Book at the end here, and it's I just ended up settling with the favorite because it seems like the type of movie screenplay awards are made for. Um, just the way all the balancing of the dialogue between the three characters and how quick and witty the whole thing is. So I went with the favorite. So it sounds like Jamie's the only one who feels really good about his decision. The rest of us are not feeling great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't feel good. Yeah, I, well. <laughs> I think people are going to want to hear Paul Schrader take to the podium and 
and snort and breathe his way through an acceptance speech. God, I love what he, I, I love what he has to say because he's so clearly a writer when you talk to him. But just okay. the sounds emanating from his body, like he, it's such great force to have to, to have to speak and form words. It's like it's like you, you can feel the snot like coming out of him. <laughs> uh, well, it'd be a great moment nice. too if he, if he got up there and just said, "I don't need this fucking Oscar." <laughs> <That'd> be... <laughs> fuck y'all. <laughs> yeah, okay, now it's time for the lead acting categories. So let's go to one that I think is probably a pretty safe bet. For the best performance by an actress in a leading role, the nominees are Yalitzia Aprisio in Roma. Actually, I never read it because he didn't want to give it to us. No, no, I'm just kidding. No, but we didn't have the script at all. So, well, at first, when I heard that I was uh, for the role, that I, I was going to play the role, I couldn't believe it. I didn't understand what was going on. But then after a little while, I realized what was going on, and I was very happy about it. Pero este no. Never acted before and never even thought about being able to be in a film with such great people. Glenn Close in The Wife. Joe, please don't thank me in your speech. What? I don't want to be thought of as a long-suffering wife. You understand that, don't you? No, 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 no. I have to thank you. Everyone thanks their wife. If I don't, I'll come off like some narcissistic bastard. But you are. <laughs> God. No, it'll be quick, Joni. You know, one sentence, it'll be painless. No, no. I thought that women might jump up and just say, oh, please, just leave him. So I had to answer that question, that Joe, my, uh, Joan's husband in, in the novel, is more black and white. Um, and that's why I was worried about uh, why she didn't leave him, because um, it kind of starts to reflect on her. So the, the, the relationship that we started finding was very, very complex and I think showed shades of Joe, uh, aspects of Joe, if an audience really thinks about it and maybe even goes back and sees it again. Um, in, the, in the beginning she says when she's young, don't leave me. In the end, he's the one who says don't leave me. So, you know, there's these wonderful... Um, many, many of them buried issues between the two of them that have that aren't fully articulated between each other. Olivia Coleman in The Favourite. Rehearsal was so much fun. All of us being able to make fools of ourselves in front of each other. It's a monstrous extravagance. This is Molly, we are at war. We won! Oh, it is not over. We must continue. Oh! Oh, I did not know that. Queen Anne, bonkers. <laughs> and sad. <laughs> and quite childlike. <laughs> I'm enjoying myself so much. Being cantankerous, it's really fun. Lady Gaga in A Star is Born. I started writing this song the other day. Maybe that could work, like as a chorus or something. I'm off the deep end. What does I dive in? In terms of creating the character of Ali, you know, for me, I think for many years I have created characters for myself because I did not make it as an actress. <laughs> so I made characters that I could be so that I could be one. And they were always in some way 
um, related to the woman that I wanted to sing to, uh, a, a part of me. Melissa McCarthy in Can You Ever Forgive Me? Quite by accident, I find myself in a rather criminal position. What criminal activity could possibly involve except a crime of fashion force? I'm embellishing literary letters by prominent writers. I love his writing. Particularly clever, don't you think? Caustic wit. This is quite something. These are wonderful. I thought so, too. Name your price. For me, it feels very much um, the same in terms of you know, I, I read a script and I never even want to know what genre they're saying it's in. I'm like, well, I just want to read it for the story and I want to read it for the character. And I fell in love with Lee and this whole story kind of immediately, maybe even strangely quick, because I was like, I'm in like a quarter of the way through. And I thought, I don't know why I like her so much. She hasn't actually done anything tangible that I can say why I like her and, and even kind of becoming enamored with her. All right, Mark. Best actress. Is this as sure of a thing as we think? Um, I don't think it's as sure of a thing as we think, but I do think that she that Glenn Close will win after seven nominations. I, I think Olivia Coleman could easily upset here. Um and I think I, I don't even think Yolitza Apparicio is out of the running either. So um but it was too hard to pick against Glenn Close. So uh-huh. Yeah, that's, I mean, for a long time, like, it seemed like this was kind of a foregone conclusion for Glenn Close, even though, like, before a lot of that happened, I think a lot of people thought Lady Gaga was going to be a very strong contender, and I think she's kind of lost some of that luster to win here. So, yeah, I, th- I think, like, Olivia Coleman, you know, who certainly has enjoyed this performance so much, um, I could see as possibly being an upset winner here. Um, but, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't vote against Glenn Close. I think just, it's just one of those that, like as much as I hate these kinds of awards when they say it's the it's time award, you know, like that always has bothered me, you know, because it, it tends to over and not be the best performance of that actor. I mean, I would have loved to have seen Glenn Close win ages ago. Should have won for fatal attraction. But, uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I, I still think it's a, it's a pretty good sure thing that Glenn Close will win. And yeah, but I, I could certainly sense an upset happening here. Garney, what do you think? All right. The wife is a perfectly fine movie, and Glenn Close does a great job. I really hope that, and I know she's going to when she goes up and accepts her award, she'll thank her daughter because her daughter playing the younger version of herself was a lot more interesting than, I mean, her performance is so good because the character is more interesting than the younger version, and so that's what gets us into the character, and she does do a good job. But I think there are so many actresses that were better than Glenn Close and aren't even nominated, and she's the weakest in this field for this particular role. And I mean, uh-huh. I, I think Melissa McCarthy completely deserves this award. I'd be fine with Olivia Coleman or Elisa Aprizio getting it. And Lady Gaga, I, I don't think it's much of a stretch for Lady Gaga to play someone like Lady Gaga. I mean, she's wonderful when she's on stage and performing, but all the stuff in between, she just doesn't have the magnetism of, say, Judy Garland. Um, but it, it, it's going to be Glenn Close. I mean, if it's not Glenn Close, it's because they do the Cinderella story for Elisa. Um, uh-huh. I think, but uh, I, I I can't predict against Glenn Close. I, the other thing that upsets me is I know that there are better performances in her future that she could win for, and now she probably won't because they give it to her uh-huh. for this. Uh-huh. Good point. Jamie? 
Yeah, I'm going Glenn Close too. <clears throat> with a close, with a not so close second being Olivia Coleman. Mm-hmm. All right, now let's go to Best Actor. For the best performance by an actor in a leading role, the nominees are Christian Bale in Vice. Now, maybe I can uh, handle some of the more mundane jobs, overseeing uh, bureaucracy, managing military, uh, energy, uh, foreign policy. The deal that Adam and I made was I said to him, okay, look, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try as much as I can to come at it from a positive point of view of Cheney, you know, that this must not be a predictable film. This must be a surprising film. This must surprise people. This must be attractive to people, no matter which side of the political spectrum they're on. Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born. And you know why? Because you're too worried about what everybody else is thinking. You can't even concentrate on one fucking thing. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, You couldn't be my dad if you fucking tried. He had more talent in his fucking finger than you had in your whole fucking body. So don't even fucking go there about that, all right? That's over the fucking line. Why don't you have another drink and we can just get fucking drunk until we fucking disappear, okay? Hey, do you got those pills in your pocket? You're just fucking ugly, that's all. Hey, you got... I'm what? You're just fucking ugly. Jackson Maine is, a, I think, a composite of everything I've seen since I was a kid, and I certainly was very influenced by the sound of Neil Young and the way he played guitar, the sort of muscularity with which he hits the fretboard. Uh, but Jackson kind of evolved and became his own thing. Willem Dafoe in At Eternity's Gate. Uh, I thought an artist had to teach how to look at the world, but I don't think that anymore. Now I just think about my relationship to eternity. What do you call an eternity? Time to come. Sometimes they say I'm mad, but a grain of madness is the best of art. Van Gogh is, you know, what makes him so special is he, his stuff still is vital. You know, he was able to touch on something eternal in that style of painting he was doing. And it wasn't certainly because he could draw well, or he was doing beautiful likenesses, mm-hmm. he was able to capture something, uh, you know, that expressed, brought you into the, the, into the moment of the paintings. Mm. And it's a very mysterious thing. So if you, if you start painting and you see the effect of making marks and you see the effect of ma- painting light, and you start listening to what he's saying in his paintings, and then you're looking at his paintings, and then you're in the landscapes where he was painting, it becomes a pretty good mix to make you start to imagine what he was going through. Rami Malek in Bohemian Rhapsody. What's the lyric? choreographers early on and I said oh no I'm not going to be choreographed it, nothing he did was a five six seven eight everything he went out there he didn't know what was going to happen from second to second and you feel moments where his adrenaline is just kicking in I needed to have that happen for me take after take after take so it was about just uh, having him live organically within me and I had the help of Polly Bennett a movement teacher 
who uh, just helped me develop that so that any time, any place, I could jump into uh, my version of Freddie. Viggo Mortensen in Green Book. You know, my father used to say, whatever you do, do it 100%. When you work, work. When you laugh, laugh. When you eat, eat like it's your last meal. You want another piece? Here, have a breast. Delicious. Uh, because it's a great buddy movie, you know, like a, a road trip. But they're also going to get something really profound. They can't help but thinking about the times we're living in and the value of communicating, of listening to each other, rather than just yelling and each standing in their corner, which is what's happening. All right, Garney, best actor. You know, I was I was ready to predict Bradley Cooper here because since he didn't get director and thought, oh, they'll want to give him something to acknowledge this passion project of his, uh, even though he's the only actor in the field that is not playing a real person. Um, but the fact that he'd been nominated before and earlier in the race, I, you know, when I first read about it, Eternity, Eternity's Gate, I thought, okay, fine, Willem Dafoe's finally going to win his Oscar. And then when it got closer to nominations, I'm like, I don't think enough people saw it to even get nominated, and he did get nominated. And but then you shared an article from the New York Times where they, the journalist had spoken to 20 different branch members of the Academy, and they said that all 20 of them were voting for Rami Malek. Like not one, yeah. I, mean, I know that's a very small sample, but all 20 of this small town were just all voting for Rami Malek and him sweeping all the precursor awards. And it is a fantastic performance. I just he, It's such a good performance, he deserved a better movie to put that performance in. And I don't know if he's the one who wants it the most, but he's the one that's acting like he wants it the most. I mean, he is campaigning <laughs> like crazy. There was that oh. other... I love the uh, the brutally honest Oscar ballot where the guy said, I've spent more time with Rami Malek than my dog over the past yeah. few weeks. And he's and yeah. everywhere I turn around. Um, yeah. And I, I, it, the only thing that's a shame about it is that I think the work that Christian Bale did in Vice is just the transformation he went to and just taking on that character and making me feel something for Dick Cheney that I did not anticipate at all going into that film. Like, well, even like, you know, for someone that has just been pretty much characterized as a robotic duck, for me to leave that film and have, like, a little piece of my heart go, like, you know, Dick Cheney, like, you know, a family man who doesn't care that his daughter is gay and, you know, there's a reason why he wanted to be private. I mean, the guy's completely despicable and he's just, you know, a monster. But so fact that Christian Bale could portray him in a way that finds that humanistic angle, and I know a lot of it is also in the way that Adam McKay directed it, but in that collaboration, they came up with something magical that he deserves to win, but it's going to be Robbie Malik. Yeah, well said, Garney. Jamie, what do you think? Uh, I agree. I don't have anything else to add. It's Robbie Malik. And Mark? Same. Robbie Malik. Yeah, this was like, I, you know, earlier in the season and after I saw Vice, I was like, Christian Bale is going to win this for sure. <laughs> and then as the tide started to change with all the other awards, and then I'm glad you mentioned that article, Garney, because I was going to mention that same one. that <laughs> They sampled 20, and all 20 are voting for him. So I, I think, yeah, this has now become such an easy prediction. But, I mean, in any other year, I mean, yeah, like Bradley Cooper alone, 
Like, I, I would love to, I mean, I, I think what he did with that film, not just from the acting standpoint, but being directing it too and the whole vision for that, extraordinary. I think he clearly deserves to win. And Christian Bale, another one that, like you said, I, you know, it's a shame that he won't, but, but yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is going to be wrong. Yeah. Christian Bale being the only one that's won before and Rami Malek being the only one that's, that's his first nomination. And I thought that <laughs> yeah. maybe they would look at him as more of a television star. That's like, oh, he'll, he'll, he'll give us another performance later down the, down the line. Yeah. But. Yeah, I guess I just didn't see that the, like the love for Bohemian Rhapsody would grow to this extent. You know, like I, you knew yeah. he would be nominated. I, I, I had no doubt about that. Oh. But yeah, it was just it was such a surprise to see him become just the clear front runner for this. So. I thought of the nomination leading up to it. I thought that Ethan Hawke would get nominated, but then as it got closer, I realized, okay, he's definitely getting nominated in that last spot is getting either Ethan Hawke or, or uh, Willem Dafoe, and I thought it would be Ethan Hawke. Yeah. All right, so we're all, look like Rami Malek is our unanimous pick. Now let's go to the directors. For the best achievement in directing, the nominees are Spike Lee for Black Klansman. It was very simple, the origin of Black Klansman. Jordan Peele called me up and pitched it to me in six words. Black man infiltrates Ku Klux Klan. That was it. Well, first I said, is it true? Because I said, that sounds like David Chappelle's skit. But uh, is Ron Storth is still with us today. I don't make comedies. I think my films have humor. And for me, just in my mind, big difference between comedy. For me, comedy is... My slip not a banana peel. I don't do that. And the humor for black classmen is inherent in the premise, which is absurd. Listen to the words that Jordan Peele told me over the phone. Black man infiltrates Ku Klux Klan. How could that not be humorous? Powell Palakowski for Cold War. It's a culmination of a process of a story that I've been carrying with me, you know, the story of my parents, more or less. The film is about love, it's about separation, it's about imagining the object of your love as somebody else, that who they really are, and discovering who they really are, and then still loving them. Yorgos Lanthimos for The Favourite. You know, most period films... Um, you know, people talk in a certain way or move in a certain way, and I want to find a physicality that is unique to this film, and people should, um, you know, move and stand and in a certain way, dance specifically in a in a certain way. Uh, that's not what we expect from a film uh, from a period film of that period. So yeah, we, I guess we wanted to break conventions, but I mean, it's not like we started thinking like that. It was like we were just free in making creative decisions and just, you know, in every department. Alfonso Caron for Roma. That it was not until I was shooting the, the, the scenes that I would allow myself the space to breathe and take a distance. As I, I was upset while I was shooting one scene and I had to stop and take a walk. And I was walking and I said, why are you upset? You know, the crew is doing an amazing job. You have the street where you grew up, turn into how it looked like 40 years ago. You know, how many people had this amazing opportunity to recreate their childhood? And I, I just go back and say, okay, let's start working. 
I tell the actor, yes, you know what? The thing is that you, 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 you're feeling suffocated. And the moment that you start the car and you start driving away, you start breathing for the first time. And we did the scene and it, I, I was very happy with it. And then I realized I was directing the scene in which my father left my family. But you're directing, so you're not judging your characters. You're trying to understand their motivations. Adam McKay for Vice. So it was a really challenging script. There was tons of research. And then I think we were all a bit shocked. Trump won. And I had this moment where I was like, should we go ahead with this? And then we discussed it and we're like, no, it's actually more relevant. This is the story of how we got here. But then in the filming of it and the editing of it, it was eerie how much it kept lining up with the world. Um, and all this stuff about executive authority and how to run game in D.C. and it all just like flowed right into where we're at. I, Honestly, we're, I think we were hoping that it wouldn't connect that perfectly, but unfortunately it did. All right, best director, and yes, I know I mispronounced Alfonso's name wrong again. Caron? Wait, it's, uh, say it again, Carney. <laughs> Caron. It's an O. Quaron. It's not an A. You, you, you say Caron like it's C-U-A-R-A-N. It's C-U-A-R-O-N, and there's even an A. There's even an accent mark over the O. Caron. Yes, there is. I'm looking. No. Caron. Okay. Sound like Aguero. Yeah, Caron. I've got this. I only took four years of Spanish, you know. So. Yeah, Aguero gringo. Yeah, I think this is another uh, sure thing win. Although I, I've had this kind of sneaking suspicion that they may go for Spike Lee here for Black Klansman as another opportunity to give him a Best Director Oscar. Um, but I just don't see it happening. I think even if even if Roma were to not win Best Picture, I think this is a pretty safe bet that Alfonso is going to win for Best Director, and so well-deserved, too. Like, I, I really hope he does win. So, Darnie, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't – even the voters at stake, well, you know, Cuaron is he's, – he's won enough. We don't need to give him Director. That's, they're, they're not going to do that slap in the face. But it's the directing. Mm-hmm. That even if they don't give him cinematography, even if they give Cold War – you know, both of those awards. The, the one mm-hmm. thing that Roma can bank on is 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 winning director. Yeah. Game. Uh, it's gonna be cut on. But <laughs> I love how you thought There's no but. There's no but. <laughs> and Mark, what do you think? I do agree. Spike, Spike yeah. Lee would be second, a second place. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that too. And I, I think it's it's a sweep for Coron. Coron, however the hell you say it. See, Mark, we struggle with it, too. Coron. 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 See, I'm going to get this. I feel it rolling off my tongue a lot easier now. So. All right. So we don't usually say, like, we've I kind of jumbled around the order of these awards, and, like, especially when film editing was announced, it was going to be one of those categories shuffled off. Uh, to the, I, I wanted to save it for, like, our second to last Award and also because I think this is actually a very difficult category to predict. This is one of the yeah. other last that I changed this morning, and I don't feel good about it. So, and then I also wanted to give you an idea, even in this nomination clip, uh, when you don't have a good editor, this is what can happen. For the best achievement in film editing, the nominees are Barry Alexander Brown for Black Klansman. Courageous men who flinch not at duty, men of dependable character, men of sterling worth. Then wrongs will be redressed and right shall rule the earth. 
God give us true white men. John Ottman for Bohemian Rhapsody. What's going on? You know if you're on time. I want to give the audience a song that they can perform. Yorgos Mavrosadaris. Yorgos Mavrosadaris. Yorgos Mavrosadaris for the favorite. None for the Queen. What? Well, you cannot have hot chocolate. Your stomach, the sugar inflames it. Abigail, hand me that cup. Do not. I'm sorry. I do not know what to do. Patrick J. Don Vito for Green Book. What do we do about the bones? We do this. This is what we do. Hank Corwin for Vice. However, the vice presidency is also defined by the president. If we were to come to a uh, different understanding. Uh-huh. Go on. Okay. And I still don't know if I got that Yorgos, whatever his name is, right for the favorite. But I thought I'd leave that in for you. Okay, Mark, what do you think in this category? Uh, well, I'm Greek, and I, and I also can't pronounce whatever that name is. So um, I have Vice, so I have no confidence in that pick. I think uh, <laughs> it's tough because it didn't win Ace, but it took BAFTA, and there's a good – that for both of those films, so something's going to give, and I I went with BAFTA over Ace. Oh. I'm glad you did, because that's what I changed it to. I, I had it on Bohemian Rhapsody all throughout the season, um, but then I, Vice is the film that deserves it, in my opinion. Like, I mean, it is such a great example of editing, um, and so I, I hope that that's what they do, but I just have the sneaking suspicion that it could just be this kind of check off because it's one of those categories that I don't the academy tends to think through okay like what is like the best editing you know like some some of the winners just don't make sense but so I I don't feel good about it like I could still see this going to Bohemian Rhapsody but um, I am picking Vice because I really I deserves it and I hope they do like realize it is the best edited film of these five Garney what say you I'm going with Vice as well, but I think if it's not Vice, it goes to Black Klansman, since this is one of the few times that yeah. Black Klansman is not up against Black Panther. Hmm. You know, interesting. And yeah. I think that there's something about what this is, is going to be very telling. I've, I have no idea when this is going to be handed out. At least now we know it's going to be handed out during the ceremony. <laughs> but when it yes. does, I think it's going to be telling as far as how it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, but even with that, I don't know exactly what to say. What is it going to tell? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's true. Like, I, I don't with, think we I can mean, get a real... It's, it's, yeah. I mean, from the just beginning when they announced it, it just made this race so much weirder that Roma and Star is Born are left out. I don't think... And Black yeah, I, I don't think I mean, usually, like, yeah. we always did look at one of those things. I always said, like, okay, like, if the film wins Best Film Editing, tends to win Best Picture or something. But there's no way we can even – yeah, it's just yeah. I, I don't even know, like, with this category. <laughs> yeah, but I do agree with you. Vice deserves it. It's the one where the editing is the biggest part of the storytelling. 
Um, Absolutely. I can just see Black Klansmen getting it for the inclusion of the footage afterwards and, you know, the way that mm-hmm. they, the interesting ways that they showed, like, the phone conversations and everything. You know, editing did play a lot in that storytelling as well. Um, yeah. But, sure. you know, Vice is just a tour de force. Mm-hmm. And Jamie, what do you think? This is the this is another one where I'm going out on a limb. I know I'd I'd be safe to pick Vice, but I'm I'm picking Black Klansman because mm. I think it's the one the one category where they can feel good about awarding it because Barry Alexander Brown has been with Spike Lee from the very beginning of his career, and no one has made a career of that cons- consistently. Uh, consists of choices. I mean, the, the editing in Spike Lee's movies are not afraid to be operatic and, and bold and vivid and unusual and surprising. So mm. I, I think it's a perfect opportunity to, to just award Black Klansmen something uh, using this category. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not a bad pick at all. Um, so, okay. Well, before we get to the last category, best picture one of the questions i always like to ask you guys is um what what are you most looking forward to seeing what would you most like to see on oscar night jamie since you went last i'll ask you like what would you most like to see or most looking forward to seeing that we already know is going to happen i mean uh i mean obviously i'm interested in a hostless oscars i don't think it's going to make <laughs> yep. much of a difference honestly yeah. but uh it, you know as long as they don't bring rob Lowe up there to sing an opening number <laughs> I, it's going to be Queen. Queen's going to open up the show anyway. Uh, but you they, know, I'm probably going to be. Yeah, I heard that they were opening it up, but uh, okay. I, I, I'd, I'd, uh, I'm probably just like everybody else that's going to be watching to see Gaga and Bradley Cooper duet. Mm-hmm. All right. What about you, Mark? I I guess what I'm looking forward to is just how crazy is this going to get? Because I've (laughs) I've never been this, you know, the least confident I've ever been in predicting. And it seems like we say the same thing the last three years, that this is the hardest year, and each year it's gotten harder. Um, But I guess it it depends who wins. You know, like if Amy Adams wins, that's probably going to be the highlight of the night for me because I'd love to see her win. Um, I don't know that she will, but, you know, you got Glenn Close winning per- potentially, which would be great. Uh, Spike Lee winning. Um, there's a couple mm-hmm. moments that could be great. So, um, yeah. you know, it, I guess it'll depend on the winners. Okay, and Garn? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm just – I'm excited that it's a year where it's going to be exciting. There's so many different races that can go either way that it's – it seems like the and we we like everything Mark said. We said this last few years that it hasn't been an easy call, but that's sort of just been relegated to just the general main race. Whereas this year, it just seems like in every category, uh, with mm-hmm. the exception of the acting awards. I feel like the acting awards are pretty pretty set in stone. Uh, so it's just yeah. sort of going to be waiting to see. I just want there to be one surprise, and I want the surprise to be. It's wonderful it could be. I'm, I'm going to be disappointed if there's a surprise winner and they go up and they're just very nonchalant about it and give this very rehearsed mm-hmm. speech. And it's going to be like, oh, you just sucked the air out of the room when you could have had this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. 
I, I always hate that anyway. <laughs> when like people go up and seem so blasé about it, you know, like that that always bothers me. Um, yeah, I guess the thing I'm most looking forward to is like after the craziness of this season and and how much they're like so beholden to trying to get a three hour show. I'm most looking forward to it being a three hour and fifty two minute show. <laughs> you know, that it's going to be the same exact length. You know, because they keep adding in like you know we've they've announced that. You know, they're, they're going to have special guests that are going to be introducing the Best Picture nominees. You know, we have a Queen performance. We've got, we're basically having all the same things. And, you know, so I, I would love to look forward to the most if the ratings can actually still be up, you know, and, and the show still go on as long as it always does. That's going to be interesting to see. So I'm expecting that there's still going to be some surprise, maybe in the opening, like, you know, Billy Crystal is going to come out or something, or, you know, there's going to be some kind of surprise for somebody. You know, uh, you know, like doing something like I remember the year that John Stewart hosted and they did a whole opening that like they asked all these people to be hosts, you know, and they all declined, um, you know, so I expect there might be something that's going to draw attention to that. But, um, yeah, I'm just I'm just looking for I'm like you, like I want to see some surprises, too. And um, I just hope that, you know, and best picture, at, you know, interestingly enough you know, is not really a sure thing, you know, so this, that alone, that one, like, the big prize could go in a lot of different directions, so. You know, um, the trade-off, the trade-off is we might, we might be without a host, which a host is uh-huh. superfluous, superfluous, uh, you can pronounce that word, Gurney, uh, <laughs> after the opening monologue. Uh, yeah, you're right, like, but uh, we, we'll be without a host, but what will be put in its place are lots of speeches about how movies bring us together. Movies matter now more than ever. You know, those whole deliveries under sweeping music that make you roll your eyes. And then why can't we get rid of like the, the, the president walking out and giving his address? And do we really have to meet yeah. Price Waterhouse? I mean there, there are places in the show where you can cut. And you won't sacrifice anything that people actually want to see. <laughs> well, I don't think John Bailey's going to really want to be out and about this year. <laughs> I think because they they have had a couple years where the president doesn't speak during the Oscars, so um, I would think this would be the year for sure that he probably wants to stay. Isn't it Cheryl Boone way, Isaacs? Is she? Well, she she still did. there? Uh, I, no, had, no, she's not. But I mean, she has spoken. But okay. I do remember a couple of years where they didn't have the president come out and speak. So, um, yeah. So we'll see. And it used to be Arthur Hiller. Oh. You remember how terrible that used to be? My God. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember that's how they used to open the damn show. I mean, the president's speech was usually the very first thing. You know, I mean, talk about like starting in an underwhelming fashion. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Man. They you know have kind of at least put it somewhere else in the telecast instead of opening that way, but. Anyway, so let's get our show under three hours, and let's get to it. The final category of the night, Best Picture of the Year. And for the Best Motion Picture of the Year, 2018, the nominees this year are Black Panther, Kevin Feige, producer. My son, it is your time. Show me my respect and bow down. You get to decide what kind of king you are going to be. Don't freeze. I never freeze. Black Klansman, Sean McKittrick, Jason Bloom, Raymond Mansfield, Jordan Peele, and Spike Lee, producers. The KKK is planning an attack. 
How do you propose to make this investigation? We'll establish contact over the phone. We'll need a white officer to play me when they meet face-to-face. You for the white race, Ron? Oh, hell yeah. So there becomes a combined Ron Stallworth. Can you do that? With the right white man, we can do anything. Bohemian Rhapsody. Graham King, producer. I love the way you move on stage. The whole room belongs to you. Don't you see what you could be? No one will play us on the radio. We need to get experimental. Come up on the lightning, very, very frightening. Do it again. One more. How many more Galileos do you want? Roger, there's only room in this band for one hysterical queen. The Favourite. C.C. Dempsey, Ed Gwynney, Lee Megaday, and Yorgos Lanthimos, producers. As it turns out, I'm capable of much unpleasantness. <laughs> Did you just look at me? Look at me! How dare you! Close your eyes! I could not just stand by and let you destroy me. <laughs> Green Book. Jim Burke, Charles B. Wessler, Brian Curry, Peter Farrelly, and Nick Vallelonga, producers. You never win with violence. You only win when you maintain your dignity. You don't know your own people. You, Mr. Big Shot, doing concerts for rich people. So if I'm not black enough, and if I'm not white enough, then tell me, Tony, what am I? Anyone can sound like Beethoven. For your music, what you do, only you can do that. Roma. Gabriel Rodriguez and Alfonso Caron, producers. Star is born. Bill Gerber, Bradley Cooper, and Lynette Howell Taylor, producers. Tell me something, girl. Do you write songs or anything? I don't sing my own songs. Why? I just don't feel comfortable. Why wouldn't you feel comfortable? Almost every single person has told me they like the way I sounded, but that they didn't like the way I look. I think you're beautiful. Hey. What? I just want to take another look at you. Vice. Dee Dee Gardner, Jeremy Kleiner, Adam McKay, and Kevin Messick, producers. Are you even more ruthless than you used to be? Gonna do this thing, or what? Is this happening? I believe we can make this work. <laughs> God damn! All right, best picture. I'm anxiously awaiting to hear what you guys think. So, Jamie, let's get it started. <clears throat> best picture is going to go to Green Book. 
and absolutely not deserving of it. Uh But just deal with it. I'm not going to deal with it. In fact, I'm going to blame you if it wins. All right, Mark. This is a crazy year. There's five major guilds, PGA, DGA, SAG, ACE, and WGA. The seven awards between them went to seven different movies. The PGA (laughs) is the only one to use the preferential ballot, and I think that's where Green Book surpasses Roma. Um, I don't. I think if Rome is going to win Best Picture, it's going to have to do it on its first turnaround. It's going to. It has a lot of number ones, I'm sure. I just don't know that if you don't have it number one, that you would have it two, three, or four. I think the people who don't have it one are going to have it lower to the bottom, and I think that's where Green Book will pass it. So I'm taking Green Book. Oh, breaking my heart. Well, I I mean, I can't argue with, like, what you were saying about that, and the preferential ballot is certainly making the best picture predicting a lot more difficult Um, Mm -hmm. because, again, there are a lot of cases to be made for a lot of these films, too, like Black Klansman being up there in the top, um, even an outside chance for Black Panther, I could see, with it being Mm -hmm. up there high on a lot of lists. Um, But, God, I still... I still got to go with Roma, and, and I know it's probably a lot of my personal love for that film. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a very interesting year. Like, if Roma does win, I mean, it becomes the first foreign language film to win Best Picture. And it's also at a critical point for the film industry of deciding, you know, are they going to support a film that was primarily being seen through Netflix, through a streaming platform? Um, mm-hmm. So, it, it, yeah, it has a lot going against it for sure. Um but God, I just, uh, I just got a green book. I just, oh, I mean, I would almost want to see it go to any other film in this list except for green book. Uh, I mean, if I'm ranking all of these on my own ballot, I'd put green book last. Um, mm. But man, I, I'm going to stick with Roma, but th- this is certainly one that I think, yeah, I could, I could see it going to any one of these other ones. Garney, please tell me like you're not going on the green book train too. Yeah, you know, I was. I mean, I commented on it. I've been open about it. I'm sticking with it. It's going to be Green Book. But I have not correctly predicted Best Picture since 12 Years a Slave. So there's that. My track record is shit. Um, And I'm not – but, I mean, even before predicting Roma, I I think I'd predict Black Panther. I think Roma's the third one down. I think it goes – I, I, and then even Roma and Black Klansmen are neck and neck. But mm-hmm. I see it being Green Book, and if not Green Book, then Black Panther. This is just a it's, it's a crazy year, and whatever is going to win Best Picture, yeah. it's going to be a crazy choice. There's too many things going against going against picking Roma that I just can't pick it for Best Picture. Um, I would vote for Vice. I think Vice was is the best film that's nominated. Uh, Roma mm-hmm. is a very close second. But then Green Book is my third, actually, out of that list. Yeah, you yeah. Green Book a lot more. Green Book's my third on the list, too, behind Klansman. And my my highest-ranking nominee is uh, Star is Born, which I had number five. It's the first time in recent memory that the, that none of my top four films of the year are, are at least even nominated. So it's just, been a, uh, it's just been a different kind of year. I don't know how else to sum it up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I would much rather see First Man in this race 
Oh, God, yes. It's crushing. The majority of the nominees. Uh, Can you imagine the surprise, though, if Black Panther does win Best Picture? I mean, that that would be huge. Um, I mean, I got to say that Black Panther... Black Panther winning Best Picture would be the best thing to happen to the Academy. It would make it. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, it, right would be, it would be a very positive buzz. It would connect the, it, everything that they've been trying to do. It would just make sense. But I just don't think there's it's enough the people that are going to vote for a comic book movie. It's the only one I don't want to win. I'm okay with the rest. I don't want Black Oh, I would much rather see Black Panther win than uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody is such a by-the-numbers biopic. There's no way that one's going to win with the Brian Singer pariah attachment. That's the only reason I would be okay with with, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is because I think Twitter would be a fun place to visit when it wins. (laughs) Um, But Black Panther, I don't know. Yeah, and going on what you said, Garney, like the best thing for the Academy, it would forever kill the best popular film Oscar for sure. (laughs) Yeah. You know. It would, and which is a good. It would just thing. be I mean, proof like, that that the academy can be in tune with the general public. I mean, it's. I don't. I don't want to be. <laughs> I don't want to be in tune. I, to me, the People's Choice Award or the MTV Movie Award, that's what is supposed to be in tune with the people. The Oscars are supposed. I, to I agree. I think they should just be in tune enough that they can appreciate and nominate it. I think it, the fact that it got nominated. Sure. That should be, and I think because of that, it could they could get better ratings that we have Black Panther up there. I think that all those people, and the fact that, it, but if it, if it does not win anything, like I'm predicting, it's yeah. going to be a yeah. PR shit show. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I'm with Mark. Like, I don't want to see Black Panther win because, like, if, if they were going to give it to a, a comic book film, I would have rather done The Dark Knight or something that, I mean, Black Panther is a good film. It's in my top 20, but it, sure. yeah, it, it, it just does not, to the level of like what I think a best picture should be, and especially with some of these. Other um, I don't even. It's, so it, I don't even think it's. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, no, I, I, say, I, I don't even like, think I, it's the best. <laughs> Sorry, you go. You go. No. No, you had a better thought. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I don't think I don't even think it's one of the I don't think it's the best or even the second best comic book movie this year. Like I would put Avengers and Spider Man out of it. So it's hard for me to even see it as a best picture winner. Yeah, so I I'm with you on it. Like I don't I don't want to see it win. Um but it it it's just one of those that I could see possibly getting up there in the preferential ballot with people because of for a variety of different reasons. But but it it's gonna it's gonna be telling one way or the other what where the academy at what what they you know, like if they do choose something like a Black Panther, then they they are saying something about the direction they're wanting to go, you know. And if they do Roma, that's another revolutionary choice, you know, because now with a lot of the things shifting with Netflix and streaming platforms with movies, you know, they're saying something there. So. And if they pick Green Book, they're saying you know a lot of shit that I don't even want. I'm just going to be throwing my TV through the window. That way. See, I know that there's a lot. There's been a lot to diversify, and you know they're livening up the academy membership. But the vast sure. majority, of the heart of it, the people that care and vote every year are still like the older conservative people that have been there since the beginning, or you know for the longest time. And uh-huh. I think they're ready to vote for this conventional film. 
and the fact that it, you know, addresses the yeah. issue of racism that is so prevalent today still, and it, that you're able to have a feel-good movie about racism. You know, it's Miss Daisy driving the black guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's bringing back too many memories of driving Miss Daisy, which was an okay film, but, you know. But yeah, it just, yeah, uh, including including the missing director. Yeah, the missing director. Exactly, the same exact thing yeah. happening again. Peter Farrelly is this year's Bruce Beresford. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Also, I wouldn't be surprised if Netflix has uh, paid off some people. So it might, it might well, be Roma after all. Well, they've they've done a. I mean, they've got huge pockets. They have done a hell of a campaign for one thing. Yeah. Um, I think so. I mean, it's yeah. Yeah, I think Netflix is so desperate to get that yeah. appeal, to legitimize them, to get that acclaim. I, I don't well, know. I, I, I think they they I, might be Harvey Weinsteining it. I think they might be greased in the wheels some way that we don't know about. I mean, look at the nominations that Ballad of Buster fucking Scruggs got. <laughs> yeah. There's well, something, that's there's that's something going, going on. on. Yeah, that's I mean, you know, like right now, like I'm not sure if that's the case. I mean, I, I am kind of in the like, obviously because I love Roma so much, but I I, I like what they're trying to do. They, they remind me a lot of what like you know how a lot of filmmakers had to go to HBO and Showtime to do yeah. you know really riskier films, and now Netflix is kind of stepping into that platform. So I right now I'm kind of liking what they're doing and trying to promote what they do. But if, I if they too. are kind of winding thing, yeah. then yeah, I would hate to see that, but. Um, but I, I think I'll tell you what. To wait. I'll tell you what, Jason. For if you're rooting for Roma, the thing that probably would give me the most hope if I was rooting for Roma is how much the Academy has broadened the international membership as well, and you can see yeah. that reflected in the nominations for cinematography, for director, uh-huh. where they have two, and then even the two ladies from Roma getting in the acting field. So you can you can tell there's a broadened. Uh, uh-huh perspective there as well so again that's why i say i think rome is the favorite if it can if it can get enough number ones i think it'll win if, if right. it does if it doesn't have enough number ones i don't know that it can win on a preferential ballot yeah well you, you're you're making me feel better mark which i appreciate yeah oh, I, I mean it's 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 definitely the favorite right now to win i just yeah i'm going with i had to, it's either go with gut or brain and i've gone with my brain the last few years and have missed so this year i'm going gut well, we shall see. Well, we, we tried to do our best yeah. to get it under three hours. We're at the right at the three-hour mark, so what can you do? I mean, yeah. these, these shows are just – That's pretty good. I mean, but still, we, we, did, we did pretty good. But if Garney had, yeah. had sung a lot longer, we would have gone over. So, Garney, you actually did – Yeah, you're welcome. Five and a half minutes. <laughs> five and a half minutes. Please. Next year, it's going to be five and a half minutes shorter. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, thank you for another – very fun Oscar prediction special, and yeah. we'll see what happens coming up tonight. Right. Yeah. All right. Have a great weekend. Absolutely. You bet. Mm-hmm. Have a good weekend and a good, good night. Oscar night. Good night, all. Have fun. See ya. Yes. So we have made it through another Oscar prediction special, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us, those of you who listen in live tonight. And I know most of you are catching us on the archives at some point during Oscar weekend, so I hope we have helped make sense of this crazy Oscar season. So thanks very much for listening. And Chelsea, we missed you tonight. Hope you'll be back to join us next year. We need that female voice on the panel because, you know, it balances us. 
because we're a bunch of idiots over here. So anyway, um, have a great night, a great weekend, everybody. And I will be back here on Monday night for my usual recap show, back at the usual time that I do a show on Monday night at 10 o'clock central. Uh, I'll recap everything that happens on Sunday night's Oscar show. Um, And yeah, I think that's it. So have a good one, everybody. And thanks for listening. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.